0: welcome everybody to uh podcast number 92 we're creeping up there number 100 is not going to be that far away i wonder what we're going to do for that
1: yeah we got to start planning something
2: Mm. that's two months away we'll figure it out special
1: (laughs) (laughs) by by then we'll be all covid safe
2: probably not
0: (laughs) all right um I'm your host. Carrie doesn't like a good story. Kreitz, right? <laughs> we have Dexter. Fat bowlers are better bowlers. Wiseman. Yeah. Tim never makes a change. Wiseman mm-hmm. and Daryl Salt and Pepper. Bradley. Ooh,
1: yes. <laughs> Thank you. sir.
3: myself. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, tried I myself. Was go, I was going to go frosted tips tonight for our guest,
1: but uh, oh, you should! That would have been a good throwback.
3: I should have gone frosted tips, but <laughs> that's a few years ago. We got we got the shirt on. This is a twenty year old shirt here. Just everybody's wondering.
1: <laughs> it it looks like it still fits. Yeah, so good on you.
3: It fits good up in the shoulders and the body. It's actually quite like wide, and I was I was pretty impressed when I turned to put it on. I was like, was I really big back then, or did I just like baggy clothes? So I'm not sure. I, th- I would actually- have thought that was, that was my skinny D days. So I feel like the shirts back then maybe were just a lot boxier. Whereas now they're form-fitting.
1: You need a little bit of room to move, anyways. The yeah, shirts nowadays play. are good for that. Back then, not so good.
3: As long as the uh, as long as the pipes are a good size, <laughs> that they're yeah. like a good tightness, you can. Yeah.
1: D- does your left arm match though? <laughs> oh
3: no. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just
1: the rest. Moving on. Moving on. Just, just yeah. the forearm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so people that want to know if they can uh sign up at patreon.com slash universe you can become a patron and help support us i know kathy i missed you for a few weeks apparently so i got you on there this week so uh you can't give me crap um but for as little as two dollars a month you can help support us and get some stuff maybe a little bit early get discounts on our merch and you can get our merch at store.fivepinuniverse.ca. Um, what else do we got going on here? What else do we need to plug? Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Pro League. Um, obviously, Alberta is under a COVID restriction for a little bit longer. Um, so, we've suggested some stuff, moving this, shortening the schedule a little bit, moving a little bit farther um, along we kind of want to get stuff done before may long weekend um obviously that's when people start uh going camping and stuff like that uh you guys have any thoughts about that
1: yeah i mean ultimately i just wanted to run we we just really wanted to get it in there and you know give something for the people to see and view and and build our game and you know, make people excited about bowling again, since they haven't been in a bowling alley for a long time. So, I mean, ultimately, if we can get things going before the end of summer, or before you know summer hits, uh, I think that's ideal. I think that'd be great for everybody. Um, we'll 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 see how things go with COVID restrictions. I mean, with the new updates, we're kind of in limbo now, not really having a clue when the next time we'll be able to open. But uh, it could be next week. It could be. Three weeks from now, we have no idea. But if we can get it in, I absolutely think we'll do our best to do it.
3: I think like we were talking before is, you know, we set the schedule. It was going to go until the end of May. Um, Obviously, we did some surveys in the group to see what people were, you know, wanting to do. They want to just wait until fall, you know, get some in now, modifying to only matches within your own division. Definitely on the table. I don't think that, you know, us as a group, like we've talked, we're not ready to make the decision on, full cancellation until next year we still want to run something and even we were talking here is perhaps maybe there's a different format an opt-in format or less people format so but at the end of the day we're trying to run something i mean you know carrie you, you said it in your post that the amount of time and effort that you put into the production side of things um we we want to try to run something and i know people want to um it's just too much is too much sure uh, it might make it even easier on us during the days if we, we we scale it back a little bit from what the original thought is to try to do something just to get some product out there. Um, yeah. But I mean, we're not ready to make that decision today yet. Maybe maybe in a week or two once we know more with restrictions. So,
2: um, I I'm I'm confident we're going to try to run something. Uh, I know restrictions and stuff are like that are just uh, kind of being. Um, kind of kicking the balls a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, we we have to try to give it the best we can. Um, you can either take the easy way out or you can take the or take the the way of, you know, try the try the best we can, right? And uh, unfortunately I think we, we've seen, you know, people want to take the easy way and and I think I think us at Five P universe want to give something back to the sport of bowling we haven't seen for a year, right? Um, so if we have the opportunity to do something, whether it's what we plan on doing or whether it's a different scale or version or whatever we decide based off of what we see on those polls within our group. I think, I think we're planning on doing something and uh, I I think we want to get back on the lane. So the
0: the thing too, is um, we also got advertisers, right. That are invested in this and um, especially um, prime example is Cargill Canada. They wanted to help um, advertise on our platform, kind of spring through summer when the production was going to come out and stuff like that, so they could reach their core um, clientele. Right. So if we wait till fall, does Cargill really want to advertise on our platform when they're not in their high sale time? I'm not too sure. So there's a give and a take there. And I think uh, if we can at least produce something that could uh, help our advertisers out and stuff like that, it's uh, better than nothing. And I I get people know summer is coming and they just want to do the summer thing, but um, bowling is our core product and that's what we're going to push for. So
3: I think it's fair that we might want to even say, I mean, why not? Maybe not, you know, maybe not. Do we want, as long as we run something before May long weekend, that's the goal, right? Um, And something that's effective, something that's quality um, before then, and then we'll see what the summer brings and maybe there's different events, but I think that would be probably realistic. Do we want to get something? In place before May long, and that's what the current schedule does have is okay. up until that weekend. So we're not changing anything yet. Your schedules might still look, <laughs> smart, just might look different.
2: Too. <laughs> Let's face it. I, I I think the maybe the other eleven teams out there are just scared about losing the Dream Crushers, and 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 that's okay because <laughs> yeah. just inferior that's Let's okay. Everybody right. saw the rosters now. We all know it's that my up. team is better than your team, Daryl, and everybody else, so We're it's okay.
3: Let's go have a drink. Somebody check <laughs> me. Uh, Let's go.
1: Mark Miller <laughs> has told me on two occasions he's cheering for the Dream Crushers. <laughs> two occasions. He's on the
3: team. Can we talk to our (laughs) guest?
0: All right. So we'll roll in. Um, Our our sponsor of the week is All Star Bowling Sales. Once again, Um, we will be doing a giveaway again for somebody that comments in the comment section. So if you want a chance at that draw, get your name in there, and we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, do that draw here later on. All right. Let's get into our commercial and then bring in our special guest. All right, so our special special guests of the week. Wow, speaking is gonna to be tough tonight, I can tell. Um, they have been a part of the WCBT scene for a long time, the Open, the Masters, um, pretty much every type of competition you can think of. And uh, they are involved in sponsoring one of the main events on the WCBT, the TPC at Sherwood. Um, Casey and Annette Campbell. Hey guys.
3: Hello. Hey guys. Hi, can Matt, How are you? Doing okay. You guys? Doing all Stop right. Is that my old shirt? <laughs> I love your shirt. I went to look <laughs> for mine while I was waiting, but I got it buried it right now. So back some memories. That's only a cool 20 years ago. Any <laughs> yeah. hey, more than that, wasn't it? It would have been 2003. So no, I guess not. So yeah, just about <laughs> 20 years ago. I uh I'll be hundred percent honest. I, I rolled in the door and I said <laughs> said to my wife, I need your help finding something. And I had to go <laughs> out into the bins and it, it wasn't a very good look. So <laughs> yeah. But I, was, I, I had uh, mine, to- mine's the same. I think mine's up in the tote way up in the top of our closet right now. We just went enough, but while well, we we're waiting here, but I couldn't find it. So oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's usually how bowling stuff ends up, packed away somewhere yeah. and you never
3: find it again. I don't know that my 17-year-old shirt would fit me anymore, though. So,
1: I can guarantee <laughs> you none of mine do. None yeah. of the ones that we were on teams on <laughs> together with. Zero chance.
3: No.
2: You, you, guys must
3: have, you must have a bin of old clothing around, though, right? Like oh, the yeah. is, They're still in your closet? I mean, oh, yeah, so yeah. my shirt. They're
4: in a tote in our closet.
3: <laughs> we each have our own. Yeah. 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 What uh, What other jerseys would they include? Like Just bowling, bowling stuff. basically. Yeah. Just bowling. Yeah, yeah. Right. we never really went to uh, did anything else that was really overly competitive in our in our adult years. So it's uh, been all bowling, bowling related. So, Carrie, you must have us have some old baseball bins of old uniforms.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I always planned on uh, putting some of my old baseball jerseys in like a jersey box or whatever and hang it on the wall, but I wasn't that good. So that's kind of stupid.
2: <laughs> so so why do you have your bowling shirts up
0: oh because i'm good
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. speaks the guy that has one behind him when he's at home so i i i, t- I stopped that i stopped that
1: oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh how's the uh, covid been treating you guys and your business
3: It. It, uh, a year ago today, I didn't know where we were gonna head. To be honest with you, so it uh, it basically shut us down. So we went from we didn't ever actually literally get shut down, but we went from about uh, I think at one point we were 22 people. At this time last year, we laid everybody off. We went down to six people, and we're looking for looking for things for those six people to do. tried to keep the six main guys that we had. and and uh, we survived through the summer that way. And then whatever, well, as soon as the cold weather hit, all the outdoor renovations that were going on turned into indoor renovations. And we've been flat out busy ever since. So we're, uh, we're back up to 20 people. And right now we're actually in the process of training people to put on a second shift to work. So we need to run uh, 16 hours a day right now to keep up. So so it's That's actually awesome. been, a, been really good for the last two or three four months whatever it would be but but I don't know that I don't know that that's covid related so much That's just the way the the business has gone right so right and
0: we don't ever want to make this an economics lesson for our chat but uh how has the lumber sale prices
3: affected you guys <laughs> not good yeah. so uh, I, we uh just doing some crunching of numbers yesterday I got a price increase on solid maple lumber yesterday for over over 35% so so I was uh, crunching numbers, and my new cost of material is going to be higher than what I was actually selling doors for. So, so okay. there's some major price increases coming through throughout the whole industry, and and I think it was throughout the world on everything. So, so I don't yeah. think it's really going to matter what it is. So,
1: well, I, and they expect that now. They all know what's going on. They know that there's going to be a price increase. There's nothing you can do. So. No, it's unfortunate in the kitchen industry, which it,
3: I don't know if that's this is nationwide or just alberta but in the kitchen industry it seems to be a race to the bottom to see who can do it the cheapest and i think honestly i think we needed some pricing price changes and this is just going to force force the dollar right so it's kitchens are not going to be you know it's not going to be who can do it cheapest anymore it's who can make money now so right yeah Yeah. so the correct way yeah 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 it's unfortunate i had one of our old retired builders come in here last week and they they're still building they build one house a year now sort of thing and they built the house last year and they want they priced out the lumber package to build the house again this year and it was seventy eight thousand dollars more for just the just the framing package wow for the same house so wow yeah of course so. at the end of the day it's the end user paying for it or you know the, the red Johnny resident is paying for the increases they have I, I have a feeling it's really gonna really going to hamper new housing and older housing and renovated doing renovations is going to be a real big thing coming back so it's people aren't going to be it's not going to be as easy just to sell your house and move into a new one because that new house isn't going to be attainable anymore right so yeah is is this
1: going to increase the overall like real estate like the the cost of real estate too because you can't build a new house for
3: it's gonna put new housing into a higher Higher dollar value, right? So, like a, a five hundred thousand dollar house is now going to cost you seven hundred thousand dollars to build. So, it's going to take that market differently and put it into a position where starter homes just aren't going to be on the market anymore, right? Yeah. Starter homes are going to be condos and apartments, and mm-hmm. or the nineteen seventy thousand square foot bungalow type thing that needs some work. And that's that's I think where where it's going to adjust at least in this market, anyway. So,
1: mm-hmm. totally.
3: Should we chat some bowling stuff, guys? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. Are we, are we, are we drinking a game again? So if anybody hears my phone gang or if I change the topic, we have to have a drink. That was fun last week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was. I've just got water this week. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry,
3: Paul. That's all. Good. Just chat some bowling. So we, usually, first step is, where did you start? Did you guys both learn to bowl um, a couple years ago? Couple years ago, Kat. It was <laughs> yeah,
4: it's about a couple years
3: ago. <laughs> we both actually did YBC, so we've started, started both young. I was, I think, seven when I started bowling, and I, don't know, I was five. Five, so mm-hmm.
4: yeah, so,
3: cool. and that started in St. Albert, the old Grandin Bowl, which is in the basement of the uh, the mall, I think, up yeah. there, the old St. Albert Mall. My mom no longer and dad there.
4: Were my coaches. Oh.
3: and I grew up in Edson, so my uh, my Taught was our teaching was uh, out of Edson is where I learned how to bowl. So, so hmm. and wasn't there That's time? Some... Was there Adobe's, uh were they were they involved in the bowling center at that, that time? Yeah, Greg Dolby was one of my coaches actually. So Ian's a little bit younger than me, so he wasn't really on the scene until I was just about out of YBC. He was just starting to come up through the through the YBC at that point. So, um, Greg was uh, one of my coaches. Probably in the last, I would say five or six years out there. So, so he did nice. a lot with the masters out there. And then there's a, a lady by the name of uh, um can't think of her name right now. So that one of the uh, proprietor out there, she owned the bowling alley. Reed was her last name. Debbie Reed, maybe. Can't I think know. of it. But anyways, <laughs> she uh, she was uh, really integral in me getting into bowling. So so really nice lady. So. And, and Annette, I don't remember. I mean I, I vaguely remember the bowling alley in the in the mall. When did they when did that leave out of St. Albert? Grandin, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was
4: Grandin Bowl. And then when St. Albert Bowl opened is when it actually changed over. Everybody moved over to St. Albert Bowl. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't remember what happened with the proprietors there. I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't want to have it anymore. I don't remember. That was a little yeah. young. I
3: think there was a year or two there where both of them were still open. They had the Correct. new St. Albert Bowl up and Grandin was still running too. But,
2: yeah, uh,
4: I liked Grandon Bowl. That was neat in the basement. It was pretty I, neat.
2: I think the lanes are still down there actually. I don't yeah, think are it has if the lanes are still in the basement there. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, don't know. I think
3: that I don't know if that portion's even still there. That that mall's been basically destroyed. So yeah. So yeah. there's nothing left of that mall.
4: Yeah, there's still a tower. Maybe
3: there. that section is still there, but that most of that mall's gone. So, it's oh. so condos in there now. So,
2: yeah, um, I, I think I would think it was the early late '80s or early '90s that the that the Saint Albert opened up, right? So around that time. Yeah, I think it was
4: the late '80s for sure. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and then and that's when Grandin kind of uh, ceased a little bit, right? Yeah. So yeah.
3: <laughs> now, when did you? start to be competitive in the in the youth days was there you know obviously the four steps and those little pepsi challenges and stuff like that did you did you play in those events
4: i played in uh, four steps to stardom and i did the pepsi challenge pepsi colas is what it was called um i did that it was just one year that i did it um i was career oriented when i was younger so i was more into school and making money <laughs>
1: yeah. and bowling
4: was sort of put on to the side. My mom and dad um, coached me and they bowled a lot. So that's what got me into wanting to do a little bit more tournaments later on. Yeah, And yeah, it wasn't until I met Casey that I started to get really competitive. I did go as high as provincials in YBC, but I never did
3: nationals. Right. Yeah. Right. As a as youth. And how yeah. about you, yeah. youth? Did you play I in some of these events? For- yeah, it's pretty much the same. I bowled, obviously bowling out of uh, the north d- zone at that point, right? So uh, four steps of sardom, I pretty much went provincials every year. Never, ever did make it to national. So I always ran up against, uh, Corey Sluka seemed to be the guy that I was oh, really? out of <laughs> okay. in, the, in the singles. So we uh, we didn't have uh, enough bowlers in general for uh, teams out in Edson. So in four sets, it was just a singles event. And I'd come in singles just about every year. So um, right. And then... Pepsi's. I bowled in every year. Uh, the northern zone included Grand Prairie, so I bowled with uh, with a bunch of people out of Grand Prairie for northern or for the northern zone out of Pepsi Colas, and I, I played in that every year, right from the first year I was eligible till the last year. I think we played was down in Lethbridge. It was called Coca Colas at that that time, so <laughs> yeah. I didn't switch. So, so never ever did get a, I was I'm too old for the youth challenge, so. It was That was after we finished. <laughs> but then none of those ever went nationals, right? The Pepsis and the Cokes were always just uh, provincial stuff. So I think they were phoning nationals or something. in yeah. Yeah, but there was never any. You, you just went as far as provincial. So, so when did you move to Edmonton and Casey and start playing, you know, Edmonton leagues and, and tournaments? Moved into Edmonton in 1990 is when I moved into Edmonton and started actually right then I started bowling out of Rosalind. So that was where I, I started my adult career. So bowling in the good old free fall lanes and bowled there until it shut down and then we moved to St. Albert. So played out of St. Albert for a little bit and then Bonnie Dune and
4: Well there's a men's and a ladies league out of St. Albert too. Yeah. That's where I I met you. Yeah. Was there. It. Yeah. That
2: was you, 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 met him in the, you, you met him in the ladies league?
4: Yep, yeah. I did. He was wearing a
1: skirt.
2: <laughs> I'm sure you guys have seen that before.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. My kids might have seen that once. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and league bowling, do you play like what do you play now? I mean, obviously we've seen you on the Sunday night circuit, but you've also played a few different leagues um over your careers. What were what were some of those? league moments most of the time in the last i would say probably 10 years i've only played uh, match play i haven't really got into the league play stuff a whole lot so so either yeah. played out of body dune or we played a couple of years out of st albert and then obviously the sunday night short park right. so but uh yeah i haven't played a i don't remember the last time i played a five-player team type just right. get out and bowl type thing. So right? wasn't
2: that
4: when we were in St. Albert? Might have been yeah. Yeah. Monday nights we played yeah. a five player team
0: out in St. Albert. That was you, in my previous you, life. So Yeah. <laughs> did you guys play in the Sunday night league at Collingwood?
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think that was yeah, the first time did. I met you
3: guys is when I came up and played that league. Yeah, we played actually when Collingwood is around, we played Sunday nights and Wednesday nights there. So so there's a match play on both nights we played in, in both of those leagues. So
1: so hmm.
3: that was a good house. That was, that was a lot of fun in that place. So.
1: It was a great house. Lots yeah. of good memories there. Yeah, for sure.
3: So, hmm. um, so then uh, let's we'll go to the open days. Um, when did you start hearing about qualifying for the open and start trying out for those? The, the You know, Casey. Um. It was probably, I'm going to say probably in the mid to late 90s. So it wasn't much before. Um, I can't remember when my rookie year was. It was in Stewart Park, I remember. So um, same as yours, Daryl. We
2: were 99. rookies together.
3: and That was my first year of making the Open team. Um, we wow. never uh, – I, I had tried out a couple times but never really did it. So never made it. So my closest I played out of uh, – one year at Linwood, I was, ended up the alternate to uh, Danny Clapp. beyond and to make the uh, make the team that year, and then I didn't play for a couple of years. The job that I had at that point, our year end was always uh, the end of January, so we had inventory and stuff that weekend. So it was always tough for me to get out of get out of being able to work. So, so I wasn't really able to start playing the open until I ended up self-employed. So yeah, there's a good picture. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What year was that? That was our winning year. That, that was, was out in Surrey, I think. Yeah, yep. yeah. there's Nick. There's Nick yeah, the football Nick's too. The the football. Football. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still have the volleyball. Yeah. It was signed by everybody on the there that weekend for Alberta. Great How we're the only one not blowing a bubble. I don't know. Why am I not blowing a bubble? <laughs> <laughs> <You know what?
4: laughs> he was too good for the gum. <laughs> Maybe I can't blow the ball. <laughs> you know what? Not everyone can do
3: everything, I guess,
4: right? Gum wasn't his thing. He
3: wasn't part of the team, I guess. So <laughs> didn't want to Maybe. be the team event. Yeah,
2: I didn't get that <laughs> that But the but shirt? but that, yeah. that, that that team you guys had, you guys absolutely just uh, murdered uh, the provincials, right, Casey?
3: That was yeah, that was probably one of the better groups that we were. I I was involved with it. Well, it was the better best group I've been involved as in as a player. So um, we were re- realistically we were a bunch of really unknowns other than Mark Jackson. So I guess Mitty probably had a. Uh, a bit of a name by that point but the rest of us were really not really known to a whole lot of people a couple just out of YBC and then I had just started so um yeah we ended up going through nationals and red Deer that year with an 18 and 2 record and really didn't have uh didn't have much much real I guess yeah. not, a, not a lot of real close games right it was it was pretty dominating so what were, Casey were you lead off or you were three that weekend I, I think I was either playing. I think me and you were in the middle somewhere, second or uh, yeah. third. And we, I think or, I yeah, second or third. I think know, we swapped and back and forth. Yeah, I know provincials. I was too. so I think Smitty was leadoff. And I think, yeah, I think that the three of us right. played so good. We kept like it was two, three, two, three, one, two, three, right? Yeah. And that was just the cheer. Um, we basically had four, five, uh, the guys playing there. It didn't matter by the time that we yeah. had played so good. You know, our top three matches Maybe. were one. I, yes, he I was never, up top and every once in a while. We put through Norcus up there. I think when up. Jimmy went up into that spot every once in a while too. But yeah, but yeah, it
2: was. I, uh, you it and was I were
3: the so. whole weekend two and three. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think we were two and three at provincials, and I think they swapped us pretty much at nationals. And we went basically yeah. swapped positions. and We were in that same position when we went to nationals that year. So that was uh, basically we had end up going to nationals on Surrey that year and had the same record, eighteen and two throughout yeah. Nationals that year here too, so.
4: Was that, that wasn't the, was that Red Deer Provincials?
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah? Yeah.
3: That's right, I yeah, watched Heritage, you guys yeah. dominate that. How cool, uh, Heritage, Um, if you threw a 400, they made you a steak breakfast on like the yeah. Saturday morning before, and you get to, we get to sit down at our own special table. We were allowed to invite one guest with us and uh, and they specially served us this steak breakfast on Saturday morning, it was awesome. That I is amazing. There's three, there's yeah, three 400s. For it. Remember who they were? Uh, me, you, and, and I want to say Tracy. Yeah, she threw her 448. Oh, was it 448 even? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was the first one. And then we went, I think we went back to back. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. You went one yeah. game and I went the next game or something. Yeah. And I uh, I brought Dawn, our coach, I remember, for breakfast. That was just, that was, yeah exactly, like you said, epitome of the weekend, best weekend ever for me, man. I mean, I'm still scoring yeah. it right yeah That's <laughs> a good memory, so. and then uh and then we had nationals in uh, in surrey right yeah. that was and of course that the banquet or the opening day uh we were sitting in the opening ceremonies room not really much going on so of course johnny and i went and grabbed the volleyball we had just bought at the liquor store or over at the store we needed something to do we brought it down to the main banquet hall and started playing pepper in the middle of the room yeah People are like, and it stuck <laughs> with us the whole weekend. So, yeah, it took it everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, you remember, uh, remember you getting called on the foul? Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Delivered a ball and you reached over and picked up a piece of fuzz off the other side of the line. And yeah, I think we're so, playing Quebec at that point. Here's a good question for people in the comments: um, tell a quick story or something about a, a, a weird foul that you've ever been called on that you know, something. So what happened? We were playing Quebec. I think it was Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. And I went <laughs> through the ball. Before I threw the ball, I saw this piece of fluff, um, dust dust bunny that was a, a foot behind the foul line. And I saw it, and I went and I threw. I think I picked a corner pin, right? I think it was, like, on the second ball, guy like, spared it up. It wasn't the first ball, guys. Just, know. Um, and, uh, and then after I picked the corner pin, I reached over. And picked up it had now moved onto the other side of the lane. And I reached over and I grabbed this piece of fluff back and I came back holding it and threw it out kind of thing. And we're next bowler was getting ready to go. And sure enough, the coach starts having all of a sudden, whoa, 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 hang on here, and called me on a foul. On, yeah. You know, right? And it was that, like obviously minus 15. And I was like, What do you mean? It like the ball was thrown, it already hit the 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 pin, we're done and over with. No, 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 you're still on the lane, in the motion of, blah, blah, blah. So we accepted our foul, and I think we – five frames left, and yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. we understood. That, that's, that's bad news. they, were, you, they you never were, want to uh, ignite somebody, and that's were, all that especially
3: does. Especially that weekend, because we were pretty much on fire that whole weekend, and, and in that particular game at that point, Quebec was ahead of us by like, quite a bit, so uh, yes. they didn't beat us.
2: Um, Daryl, that rule now is no longer there. So, oh, what's the rule
3: now? As soon as you hit the,
2: no, it's not, it's not a foul. So it's, (laughs)
1: yeah, there's, there's no rule against picking things up across the foul line anymore. Hmm
2: it's yeah so it was, it was, it was, it was a turning was,
1: point of that game but for sure well
2: for sure totally, why, yeah. why why would you give somebody why would you give somebody some some yeah. uh, ammo right i
3: think yeah. all five of us banged out or close to and it was just yeah. like wow fire it up yeah. so
0: let's segue into that rule since you brought it up so now if you follow through and you're let's say you're falling forward you
2: just fake picking something up and you're good to go no, no, Daryl walked back. He took probably a couple steps back, I'm guessing, right, Daryl? Yeah. And then he didn't. And then the he did, and and then, was there. Yeah, and then, then he went back, and he didn't clear himself off the approach, right? Like,
0: well, that like wouldn't he, be a foul anyways, isn't it? It's supposed to be in the delivery motion.
2: Correct, yes. but, but but, but, you didn't clear yourself off the approach, right? So, it's not in, not in the moment of the oh, delivery, I, though.
3: I, there was games when she had, I'm sure, that was happening. And yeah. We had already beat them once, and it was, yeah. And it, it, it fueled us, right? It just took us
2: off. It, it was a it was a petty petty rule, and somebody took advantage of it, right? So, oh, crap, that, yeah, karma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could play the final match, though. Do You remember what happened there?
2: Um, I know.
3: we got I know we got beat in the first match. So in the first we, game, if uh, you know, Steve Parker's listening, he he would say that he 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 took us in the first game. Yeah. And I we went into the second match, and I think we started – I think four of us started with a four-bagger, four or five in a row, and one started with a six. Yeah. And it was pretty much over in, at that point. So so were you on the bench in that one, or did you come yeah, in? I got pulled oh, in. Oh, no, because you had hurt your hand. <laughs> I pulled – we got, right. got pulled in the first match against the, the first game. What did you do to your hand? you punch something? Yeah, he punched something. <laughs> I punched the wall <laughs> at the side of Scottsdale. Remember Scottsdale? yeah. The little yeah. leg just sort of flips up, and I just smashed it, and that was the first start of my uh, my knuckle, right? My knuckle wars over the years. Then I could just pop it out and it would go two inches. I that was fun for a whole five years. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I did <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty dominated <laughs> in the second match too. Yeah. How about um, any other opens? Um, we we'll staying on this here that you, they were memorable for you, Casey, um, as a player. As a player, not there's memories in every one of them, so um, I wouldn't say, I think just what, mainly because, yeah, well, there's one there. So Can, you, can, you, there, so. can,
2: can you explain um, the photo a little bit? That year. <laughs> Casey, can you explain the photo?
3: He had to change his underwear or something. I, I'm not sure. The, so. <laughs> we, we,
2: we've discussed the story a couple of times
1: on podcast. We don't have to go too deep into it, but yeah. there – there may have had to be some laundry done that weekend. That was that <laughs> yeah. was that, that was my rookie year. And the I, I took that? full advantage of the first day because I didn't have to bowl the next day.
3: The next day Lethbridge. I had to do laundry. I think that was Lethbridge too, wasn't it? It was I'm Lethbridge. Lethbridge that, one, so.
1: that was my rookie year. And the one thing that I really want to say is that Casey, you probably made my rookie year, truthfully. Um it was like a nerve-wracking sort of situation, obviously, to be in. Um And we didn't really know each other all that well yet, but um, out of everybody, you were the person that really had my back throughout that weekend. I didn't get to play a whole lot. Um, In fact, the final day, I'm like, I'm not going to say names, but the final day our coach came up and he sat with me at at breakfast and was like, do you realize you have the most 300s on the team? I'm like, yeah, but I, I never got to play because I was the new guy. And we had a solid team for sure but you were the one guy that really had my back and you were the one that were pretty vocal about the fact that I wasn't really getting an opportunity and honestly really appreciate it. Always have been.
3: uh, That's, that's one thing that I, that's bothered me throughout all of the coaching that I've seen happen in the open is and not just open. Well, I guess open because that's where you got the subs, right? So is it's more done on what you have done prior, not what your ability is today. And, if you haven't proven yourself, you don't always get the opportunity to prove yourself, and that, to me, that shouldn't be shouldn't be the way it is, right? So, if you're a rookie on the team and you're averaging 300, you should be playing. So, it doesn't matter if you you finished in the fifth spot on that team or the first spot on the team. It, it's what you're doing now for the team is what's important, right? So you all
4: start at the same spot. So, but-
3: so there there's always seemed to be a bigger um, bigger envelope for the the experienced bowlers to struggle longer than than I think should be right. So,
1: yeah, totally agree, and so. it's definitely par- carried over into your coaching. We'll we'll dive into that a little bit later too. But uh, you've always been a fantastic coach, and like I said, you definitely you definitely made my weekend that weekend, um, and it, it kept me encouraged to continue playing. So right, I you. will always appreciate that.
3: Cool. Right. And how many? Um, and then any more opens there casey did you And i know we you know there's a couple didn't, yeah i played quite a few provincials i never went to nationals for anything away from that so uh that was my okay. only national event um <laughs> there's a couple i we've had a, a lot of good times on some uh some mixed teams so i've bold and enjoyed playing on the mixed team at times right so um, and a couple of men's teams have been really good to play on too. It's just I've never been as successful in making it to the national level again from there. So right. that was my one and only f- theme, I guess. So Now, what was your preference for position in the lineup? I really didn't care a whole lot as long as I was playing. So and it really depended on who, where the team was and who you were playing with. So um, obviously it's different lineups when you get into mix than it is when, when you're playing with the men's, right? So on, on When you're on a men's team, your your five bowlers are generally all pretty pretty capable or six bowlers are all pretty capable. So you just want to try to stay in the lineup as as far as I was concerned. So whether I was a lead or in fourth or third or second or fifth, it really didn't matter to me as long as I was playing. So um, on the mixed team, there's a little bit more um, lineup matching or player matching, I guess, a little bit happens there. So generally your stronger bowlers, stronger male bowler generally ends up in the in the anchor spot unless you got a someone like a jen baker or someone on your team you can throw her an anchor and she can play against most of the men right so mm-hmm. so but yeah it, it really didn't matter to me so one of my me- best memories actually was playing in the open on a mixed team or one another one of my memories i guess was in uh, red deer as uh, playing danny Clapp was coaching and we were playing uh, against calgary numerous well the two times or whatever and Adam Weber was on that team, and I shot up. Uh, I was always playing against Adam Weber in the anchor spot, so that was that was always a good challenge. So that's one that I remember quite fondly. So, did you beat him? I think we were pretty even, actually. So I can't. I don't remember that far. That was quite a while ago. But it's uh, yeah. There it, it was. There were always good matches. Anyways, I, I do remember that. So, awesome. I, I just uh, want to yeah. You said you were on the mixed team, and you played Adam Weber. And, so I would mean Adam was also on the mixed team, right? Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah.
2: For Calgary. That would that would have been that would have been oh nine, I think.
3: Wow. Mixed team for Calgary. It was right.
2: at uh at oh, the eight. Oh, I eight. Don't oh, eight. to go to anymore. Okay. Oh, Riverside. It was 08 in Riverside, Everside, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That
3: yeah. Well, yeah. Well, was just a yeah, good yeah. Adam's comment there that you made. So yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the no
3: uh the highlight of that weekend was watching Daddy Clap jump. So yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all good. Always a I good think okay. a, I think that's what the Dream Crushers are hoping for, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, he, I don't know. He's uh, he might be out of jumping shape though. He's got a little bit of age on yeah. him now. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, how about Annette? Let's talk some Open years with you. Now, obviously, you didn't bowl for a number of years, and so you got a little bit more competitive. When was your rookie year as part of the Open? <laughs>
4: 2005 was my rookie year. Yeah. Um, Mike Lacusier was the coach of the ladies team that year, and yeah, I don't I don't remember I don't remember a lot of it. I was pretty emotional. (laughs) Um, My most favorite year was 2007 when we went to nationals for my very first time. That was with Perry Gillum on the team. That was a great year. Yes. I never laughed so hard in my life. (laughs) Him and Mike Lacusier on the same team was just something else.
3: Who's for was bowlers funny. on that uh, that team that don't bowl anymore? Chance Chance Anderson was yeah. on that team, Tina yeah. oh. Chance,
4: yeah.
3: uh, <laughs> Melissa Warrell. Melissa was on that team, so yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. that was fun. That was a great team.
3: And I but. mean you played on some pretty good, you know, powerhouse teams in there too. Uh yeah. And, you know, and some of the ladies' teams for sure.
4: Definitely. Oh yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the crayon group. <laughs> 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 that was a fun year. That was good. Huh. That was a um, very, very powerful team that year.
2: Right. And I don't even team- know
4: how to explain it. Everybody was amazing.
3: I think that was, a. Uh, I mean, Provincials, uh, where was Provincials that year?
2: Uh, Lloyd Minister. Right. So
3: we got uh, Christine, Annette, Melissa, Heidi. Who is that there next to uh, Heidi?
2: Uh, that's uh, Haley. And, yeah. Uh, and oh, Haley.
3: I out. not know. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. yeah. That was, was that a national, a national, gold national year. champion. Yeah. yeah. In the first and yeah. the second, because you guys went back to back, right?
4: That was the first year, I think, because I think yeah. the next year we won gold as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, the next year, yeah, you guys won a new fund the next year. I think you guys yeah. got, we got silver next oh, yeah. the following year. Yeah.
4: Oh, we did get silver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Cause. BC oh, I think, they, I think we
4: lost to BC.
2: That's correct. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, because Haley lost a fake nail across the line.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Did you guys ever hear about that?
2: No.
4: Uh, we what, were standing yeah, in the pit, and Haley. Somebody said they saw something down the lane, and Haley looked at her nails, and she goes, "Oh my God!" So she held her hands like this, so that nobody would know she had fake nails, and <laughs> it was her fake nail that she lost down the lane. We didn't get fouled for it, but that was just a memorable thing. It was funny.
1: Just the uh, ask.
3: Yeah, is there a foul there?
1: <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad. That, oh, I'm glad throw. there wasn't a foul. Like, there wasn't a foul, but yeah, they wanted
4: that, to foul us. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And they probably could have, which is the silly thing. But I'm. I'm but
4: it didn't. Show, nobody said anything. I think it went a whole frame, and then it went to another bowler, so it wasn't said. For quite a while, so they couldn't foul us on it. But there was quite a positive
0: <laughs> game yeah. and
2: everything. But, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> BC something. the BC ladies are saying nailgate, but you know what? They yeah. they ended up winning, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, they did.
3: <laughs> did it become something at the tournament. Hashtag nailgate. I mean, I don't know if hashtags were in then, but they become like <laughs> uh, this is a, a storyline.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know what? All they had to do is shoulder fingers, right? And and then yeah. yeah. they've would been hooped, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no twenty twelve is, is the year that uh, you guys won in Quebec, and I think you guys beat the Manitoba team. Yeah, um, and I remember, I um, remember Heidi. Was it Heidi? Yeah. Heidi fouled or something was that? Well, there was so yes. much
4: humidity on the approaches that it was sticky. We were all sticking on the approaches, and it was the air conditioning mm-hmm. that was leaking onto the onto the approaches. And she went to go for her her slide, and the ball went directly in. Into the gutter and she fell, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. I don't think it went in the gutter. I yeah. think she, I think she threw the ball, but she ended up flat out over the line. And then she had yeah, I think she, think she, had, she like a corner oh pin yeah, or something. She
4: had, no, she had a didn't she? Meet, didn't she get a chop or something? Something.
3: She had to make the spare to win win
1: after yeah. fouling. So. And then that had to keep it on the lane. And then I'm pretty sure she had to keep it on the lane. And I'm pretty sure she picked a two pin. Yes. Yeah.
4: I think it, maybe it was a left corner yeah. standing. Yeah. yeah. It didn't go in the gutter. That was another tournament.
1: Yeah.
2: It was a <laughs> she crazy tournament. It, right in,
4: it was another open. She hit her shoe and it went in the gutter. It was so funny. <laughs> we laughed so hard.
2: Only Heidi. <laughs> but yeah. yeah that, that I'll
4: never forget, though, when we were in Quebec and she, um, that happened. And then she came back. And she collected herself, and the this is the strength of of her and her and her mind over matter. And she went up on those lanes, and she picked that pin, and she needed that pin, and mm-hmm. she did it, and that was just amazing. That was so yeah. much fun,
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
4: much fun. But that was very hard conditions to bowl in, that's for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. That was in Paris, correct? Pretty sure it was in Paris. It was, yeah. Could have been that's
3: the where they had the uh, oh yeah, the, the judges on the end that were running down the lanes every time for the
1: mm-hmm.
3: to do the tangles and stuff, right? So
4: yes, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: That was the same year we were we were there for provincials or nationals on the mixed team, weren't we, Daryl? Was that the same year that we were in nationals for mixed? I think team? so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And well, when we you were- ended up. What we do, we ended up in, uh, we ended up losing the bronze or the losing the. We took bronze, I think, that year, didn't we? I think we got. We didn't to make see it. it to the final. I don't even know if we got. I think we were in the four-three game. Was it four-three game? See what yeah. Gary
4: just said. Yeah. The five-count spared, then a left corner to win by two. That's right. She had to keep it on the way. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You guys She's amazing.
4: Final.
3: Is that does that sound hmm. right? And then you okay. lost. In the final that year, right? No, they yeah. won. The only lady won, won that year.
4: We won, oh, yeah. Right. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. On that spare and the two pin, right? You, you guys, you guys, uh, mixed team got um, bronze. Yeah, I thought okay. we got bronze.
3: Oh, okay. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah.
3: Golden <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> two yeah, I think we lost to BC.
2: <laughs> and you know what?
3: Bronze. We were um, rolling at the end. Like we didn't have a really awesome round robin i remember playing provincial that year casey as your coach and it was really good there but then the nationals didn't go great but we still made it into the bronze
2: um
3: and then we had it going into the last frame and i think some things happened in the last frame that i'd like to see the score sheet of that one i can tell you that again but yeah Uh, i don't think we got a mark in the first three or four frames i think so of the Mm 10 frames so uh, with with the lead going home and when it come down to Daryl in our anchor spot, we didn't have a chance, we were shut out. So and, and I so, had a double. Yeah.
2: I had a was, double uh,
3: uh, and it was a were, pretty big collapse. We were ahead so. by hundred, and it was like five counts through the hole, through the hole. Three <laughs> counts through the hole, through the hole. Like it was but, what was going on right now. I, and I'm pretty sure we were all loaded at nine too. I think there was we all had marks at nine and we Just didn't count on anything, so
1: just like strikes, that's contagious, though, right? I mean, you have the yep. first guy go up, then you do that, then all of a sudden the second guy starts thinking about it, and then he does. Now the third guy's really thinking about it, and well, um,
3: the other team is they struck out, and then they yeah. struck out. and then there's mm-hmm. no one, and now it's like, oh my gosh. And by the time it even got to me at Anchor, I was <laughs> we, we were shut out. I remember looking yep. at the doing the math, and I'm like, how does this happen? I didn't even yep. get a chance. To, to win the match and a double, playing an anchor, first time in my career. I'm um, <laughs> a mixed
2: team down to the anchor spot, right? So. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, so I guess Annette, with we'll kind of lead into the 2012. Um, you you won the open ladies single uh, now. Sorry, an open La- ladies team, and you ended up winning the tournament ladies for masters. So you won back to back golds that summer. Yeah. Um, not, not many ladies have ever done that. I, I think you were on the same team with Jen for both of them. Um, how, how did you feel about that over the summer? What kind of with your accomplishments? Yeah,
4: <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. it was awesome. <laughs> um, the team was, uh, both teams were great ladies to play with. There was just, I don't know how to explain that feeling. Just, you feel really good about yourself, right? Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah,
0: you, you feel <laughs> you're like you're on top of the world.
2: Yeah, you yeah, do Literally.
4: actually. It doesn't really leave you, right? You re- you never forget it. Yeah, that was and any of the national tournaments you never forget. Never forget the accomplishments that you've made and and the the people you played with and it's awesome. Don't know how to explain it. <laughs>
3: okay, <in> the, um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> how many masters teams have you played on? Annette?
4: Um, I think I was on four or five, I think, five, right. four or five, yeah.
3: And most of them right in a row in that, in that same sort yeah. of, right, yeah. Of, yeah. Right.
4: And then two, what did we get with you, is a silver, so, yeah, yeah. said so a couple of gold, I think a couple of golds and a silver, and then I don't, I don't remember the other ones. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm and not like
4: you guys. I don't remember all of those stats.
3: I, I don't <laughs> remember. I just, I'm yeah. excited. As a master, you just about medal every time you go. I would think on the on the Alberta ladies' side, so it's mm-hmm. they it's were, gold or silver. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, very um, good. Casey, you've played masters. Now you've made a masters couple of. How yeah, many I played times? masters once uh, as well. So who, is who on? Was on team? Or, um, who was on the team? Yeah. Um, uh, Bruce. How long
4: ago was it?
3: A young gentleman by the name of Bruce Porter. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our first uh, today. Wow. Curtis Deering,
2: Danny Glombach,
3: um, Kevin Holdsworth, and myself with Lynn as a coach. So. Oh,
1: that's a super solid team. I
3: went to went to Newfoundland last year, so that was uh, that was a very fun trip. So ended up uh, ended up winning that year. So.
1: Uh, that was that my, that my
3: first to. trip to Newfoundland, so that's awesome. It wasn't my best performance as a bowler for sure, but I was going through a lot of personal stuff that year, so so it was. Uh, took my kids to Newfoundland with me, and we we went for a trip. So it was a lot of fun. So and you yeah. lost
4: your skirt? Yeah, you I lost you.
3: my skirt on George Street that night, that one night. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's well,
0: not the first time that's been said ever maybe
1: as a guy
3: for somehow we the Alberta contingent <laughs> went down all altogether to George Street that night and I don't know what happened but I got left there with the Newfoundland boys and that was a bad situation so, reaching so staying with uh, Lee Ascott and Stephen Brown and I, I can't remember who I was there but I just remember rolling back in the room at five o'clock and having to get up at seven to go bowling, so it was not a good situation. So, <laughs> okay, so. I did not perform my best for sure. So it wasn't even banquet night; it was on a regular weeknight, was it? I think that was the yeah, right middle of it. I, that might have been the rookie, <laughs> rookie night. night? I, think I think that was the rookie, rookie night. night. So, so wow. that right in the middle of the whole thing. So but, those rookie nights will get yeah, yeah, hit me all the time. Rookie. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we did that in 2002 or three back then. That we didn't we, every night of the week, I think we were four o'clock in the morning at the open, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowl at eight. That was that's what we did. We were pretty young, though, so yeah, we we're uh, able to do that back then. And I, I can't do that anymore. So right. I started looking at the clock at nine o'clock now. So, <laughs>
2: oh, drink, everybody, have a drink.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Right, uh, it's was that the first time
3: you're funding? Yeah, I don't know if it's the first time or first time today or first time in the last time. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, fun. Now, uh, Katie. Yeah. Hey, Tracy was there that year. Maybe she's the one that took my skirt.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, the now Masters as well. A single one year? Me? Yeah, Did you ever play singles? Nope. No. Nope. We Maybe. played that particular that was the only masters I made. And we played, I won the, I think I can't remember if I won the, the last the both of them were in Red gear. I won one of them finished second in the next one. And when it was all done before all the calculations had come out, everyone was congratulating me as as a single. Oh. And as it turned out, because of the point system uh, gig ended up passing me. So I ended up second or or it was that close right so but greg was the single that year so that was my only time i ever uh played as a as a master so right Hmm. but but i enjoyed the team format for sure so
1: i imagine that that team must have been so intense everybody on that team is like super high energy i bet you that was a lot of fun
3: it was a lot of fun so and being where it was too so it's Mm -hmm. uh it was young in my career, so it was only my second national tournament. So I really didn't know know what you were in for, right? So, um, knowing what I know now, I, I wish it would have been. I wish I would have done differently from what I was going through. But it's it, you know it, it's whatever it is. You 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 go there. You do what you do. You we played well as a team. Uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. So, totally. So. And I think all of us, uh, I think everybody took their wives that weekend too. So uh, I know Tracy holds her for the plan. I I know Curtis brought uh, Kara. So we're all, all of them, all the families were there too. So it was real good. So we're we're trying to. We got a photo coming, but I'm not. I'm technology challenged, just like him. So I just emailed it to Carrie. So Carrie, check your email. (laughs) uh
2: Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, uh Oh, was right, but you're good. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, we we may
0: have seen this picture before
3: it's made it it's made its rounds before but
0: i'll bring it up here for you guys no <laughs> oh, it's probably from kara
3: and you still had you still had your skirt here oh i don't think i've even seen that one
4: wow <laughs> Look
3: at I you
2: I still go, have Casey? my skirt and I have the hula hoop going
4: Oh my! He, I, I, I,
2: I think yeah. I think he had I a little bit too many had beverages.
4: Had
2: yeah. I might have had a
3: few that by then already. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know sauce. where my skirt ever ended up, though. So the hula hoop. I one. don't
4: think you know how to hula hoop, though. No,
3: I don't. Especially no. I did that night, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that was a good time.
4: That's funny. <laughs> I've never seen that picture.
3: No, neither did I. So, I didn't know that's any pictures game. were still alive from Newfoundland that year. So. <laughs> They're probably not
0: supposed to be, but...
3: So there's a question yeah. uh, we've asked. Where was your favorite national event? Provincial or national, I guess. Provincial is only Alberta, so that's not super exciting. But Favorite national event for me is anywhere where you can go and win. I'm all about winning. I've really enjoyed Newfoundland. Anytime I've ever went to Newfoundland, it's, um, yeah, it's just the people, the scenery, the whatever is all involved is always, always done really well, as far as I'm concerned. So,
4: I feel the same. I like Newfoundland. I liked Quebec too. Yeah,
3: yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Quebec puts on some pretty good nationals. So
4: very
0: very Mm -hmm. good. And Newfoundland's the only place I haven't been.
4: No, No, and I've never been to Saskatchewan for bowling.
0: Uh, <laughs> they, they put on quite the nationals, but they put a good show on for sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe That's one
4: right. day. Maybe one day.
3: We were at Saskatchewan for nationals for something. Not, is not it? for me.
4: I have never bowled in Saskatchewan. When were the
2: blocks? That was that was No, that was that. Was, no, that, that, was the, that you were there for open mix team. Uh, Casey, but she wasn't was bowling. Coaching? He was coaching. Yeah, you huh? were coaching. Yeah, well, and,
1: yeah, yeah, and, and he great. was part of the and, and 2017 for Masters, when he was coaching yeah. too.
3: Yeah, what? Right.
1: Is, I had a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great question. I know it was yep. right there. You're showing your age, Daryl.
3: You were going to say something about Newfoundland because Open Nationals next year in Newfoundland. Correct. Yes. Right. So this is part of 5 Pin Universe. If people need to buy merchandise, can we plug the merchandise here? Pin Universe. No, of course. Of course we can. Right? Help us out. Buy some merch. We want to build a documentary of some sort that will follow some bowlers along. And will basically take them all the way from zones, provincials, to nationals, into uh, into Newfoundland. Um, and obviously, whoever you might. Oh. Some- no drink. Yeah. Right. Right. Cheers, guys! It'll go towards a good cause—documentaries, media, fun things—and Jerry can get you from that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> maybe maybe the Dream Crushers after they win the league will take a trip to do uh, the Harlem Globetrotter thing.
2: Well, we we definitely will. We have we have the we have Heartland Kingpins in our division, so we're. <laughs> Not too worried, just trying to stir up Robert here.
3: <laughs> I think well, they've made a big addition, and I think Eric has at least oh, Eric's three, is very good. Yeah, three out of five of you guys covered, so for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you can
3: figure out which three I think. So, there you go. <laughs> um oh, while we're we sort of talked a little bit about coaching let's dive a little bit more into that uh, segment and then we'll move into some wcbt stuff um some class circuits and sort of into that uh, avenue um coaching when did you start getting an interest in that casey um you know was it going with maybe not make a team and want to coach or was it your kids getting into bowling or have you always been a coach in your previous and and just something that came natural to you no i basically started coaching it came natural
4: to him because he's bossy
3: (laughs) (laughs) i started coaching ybc i guess mostly right so ybc and and then I also started coaching my kids in fastball, right? So the two, two girls I, I coach right through fastball. So I, I've been involved in coaching quite a bit. So um, basically adult coaching, I, as a player, you see coaching and you, you have to – you sit and you wonder and you question a lot of the stuff. And I'm sure we've all been in there as to you question your coach as to why you're making that decision or why are you not playing or why haven't you pulled this person out, right? So – so you, as a player, you wonder that, and then as you sit back and watch, you look at some of the decisions that are made, and you just you shake your head sometimes and wonder what's going on, right? So so I thought, well, it's maybe maybe it's time to put some new blood in there and give it a try. So so we had a lot of times it was always the same coaches that were always involved, right? So so took a chance, put my name in, and and luckily got picked. So um, the first year that I my rookie coaching experience was was a uh, I would say it was a very good team. It was a very tough team for me to be a coach, as my players were uh, Lynn Howell, which is the coach, right? So, so you got me trying to coach Lynn Howell, and then I had uh, Laurie Gam- uh, Gamble, hey, top, like yeah, gamble yeah. yeah, so and again, she's got a lot of coaching experience. So, so as a rookie coach going into bowl, play at a coach at a provincial level and you're coaching two people that have coached a lot, it, it, it's a little bit nerve wracking in that. Right. So, but you, I just put my head down and said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, and we went, went along through that. So it was a, it was a pretty good experience. And Unfortunately it wasn't a winning experience on that weekend, but it was a good experience and just built from there. So. Yeah.
1: You've, you've always been an absolutely fantastic coach. You, you have the right temperament. You have the right personality for it. Um you have a you have a great understanding of the game but you're a compassionate person Good chat dude oh. <laughs> <We're laughs> yeah, you're back yeah, you're back I'm back <laughs> Um yeah you you're you're a strong voice but you're compassionate and you understand the game, and like having those three things put together, um, make you a, a fantastic coach. You have no problem making tough choices and, and making the pulls, um, but you're a good person, and everybody respects you for it. Um, you also understand people, which is a nice thing, too. Um, you know what to say to people to get the most out of them. I mean, you who was it, Brett, Brett Mapstone, you looked at and just told him to try something yeah. in 2013, yeah, and, and it was like the greatest move ever.
3: Him, uh Brett's probably one of the toughest guys to coach because he doesn't really have anything that he does. So so he was going along that weekend and all he was doing was punching headpins. pins uh, I said to him, Brett, do you move? Well, I don't know where I stand. Okay, well, do you do you change your hand grip or anything? Oh, no, I don't really do that. I said, Well man, you gotta try something. And he just went up there
2: and went on fire from there. So like, I don't know what he tried, out. but it worked. Yeah. Uh, um yeah. I have to admit, like uh, there, there's a couple instances. Um, I won't won't say the years that you, that you've coached. Um, obviously, your pedigree speaks for itself, Casey. Um, but I, I think you have the one of the greatest abilities to to bring a team together um, with all the personalities that you have, right? And um, I, I know we on our 2013 team. I mean,
4: multiple personalities.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our 2013 team. If you if you looked at it, um, we we could have been a goner, and and there was a and you brought us together with that individual, and and I, I have to speak volumes to that. And um, and a year after, you did the same thing, and uh, it, it takes a special coach to be able to do that, right? Um, yeah,
3: you, you sometimes you get lucky though so sometimes it's not just all on the coach. sometimes you just get lucky with something all of a sudden starts to work right so so there wasn't it's not always a plan so yeah so well there's well, been well there the one year and for sure there we basically had made a decision at some point that we were going to shorten the bench and and because it just wasn't working and then my bench come in come alive so with and it was awesome. So, like you, we just found the right spot for that person to to exceed, right? So, but it was completely by accident. It wasn't uh, wasn't a planned planned move, really. So,
2: no. But you you had the right way. Um, like I said, like it's crazy. Like you had a right way to, of bringing drawing in the right people at the right time. I um, I know, like when I, like you're talking about Brett, I I remember the whole weekend. I was going double plot, double punch, double punch, double punch. And then finally, I moved like six boards over, and all I hear and behind me is like, "Is he really doing that? Is he <laughs> really doing that?" And and also, I threw a strike. He's like, "Okay, whatever." Like it just like, but we you kept it really really on 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 ball. I mean, and then in 2016, when you won gold with a mixed team, you had Hislop. I mean, that's a real bummer, right? I mean, he's terrible, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I know he's watching. So, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a cancer to any team so i mean kudos to you for keeping that under wraps so
3: it's and you know a lot of times it, it's it, being on the lanes. you always feel the pressure right no matter how how long you've been there how many times you've been there the always the pressure there and I, I find a lot of times keeping the pit calm and relaxed and, and somewhat in a in a joking Mentality is just as important as the coaching part to keep the pressure off, right? So, yeah. so you're not always just thinking about your shot and and what you did wrong up there. There and I've been lucky enough to have some people that are pretty jokeful in the pit at times, right? That have, have been has has made that part of it easy, right?
0: So, speaking of uh, keeping the humor alive with teams and stuff like that, I just got sent a picture from uh, an nice. old player of yours
3: here. Uh Oh, (laughs) there you go.
4: That was a great team.
3: That was a very fun team. And that was honestly probably one of my hardest, probably the second hardest coaching that I've ever done. So that was my first coaching ever at the Masters. And I've got Diane and I've got Jen and I've got Tracy. And I'm thinking to myself going there, I don't know what I'm going to teach these people. I don't know how I'm going to coach these people because they're just that good, right? So, but quite mm-hmm. honestly, it come, it, it, you learn as you're going along that everybody needs that that tweak or that speak or whatever it might be. It it might just be a word. It might just be something that's happened that clicks. And and it, it was actually quite interesting that weekend. So I learned quite a bit about coaching that weekend. So unfortunately, we come up a little short that weekend, but it was it was a lot of fun. So
4: well, right there, there's six powerful women.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's
4: very amazing, very yeah, amazing.
3: Quite quite the team. And, yeah. and what's what's that feeling like when obviously at Masters when you know they go and select a coach and they pull your name and somebody comes and gets you and like really you want me to coach? Like, yeah, that's it's, how I feel. It's you know, really it's mean? cool because it's that's, that's the elite, right? So like when, it, it's it's cool to get picked as any coach. It's really cool to get picked as an Edmonton coach, right? Because you know, as an Edmonton coach, anytime you have. a team in Edmonton, you have a a legitimate chance of going to nationals with that team. Right. So, so there, there really isn't a a team that you can say, well, this team shot, we're never going to make it. Every team you go there with, you have, you have the opportunity if you perform. Right. So, um, masters is completely different because you're, you're, you're getting picked by the elite bowlers of, of the province and you're on your way to nationals. Right. So, so it it is pretty neat. So I, I haven't, Coach the hot water Masters, so uh three times i think so once as a ladies and twice as a men's coach and um all three experiences were very good um yeah it's again you know, anytime anytime you go as an alberta coach or alberta player you you're you are expected to medal to some degree right so um i think we always go there with the intention of winning and it doesn't always work out that way but i, I don't know that you ever go to nationals without a Without a coming back with a medal or a hope to get a medal, anyway, right? So, so it's pretty cool. So, now twenty seventeen would have been the Masters tournament uh, men's team, right? Uh, and I believe is that the year with Brad Glynn. Right? Yes, right. So I think Brad would be comfortable with us talking about uh, this because he's brought it up before on the podcast. Is um, you know the mental he had a had a moment in that tournament where he felt his anxiety and is his, his coming on. Do you recall yes. him in that moment, and as a coach, and I have to deal with this? Did you know about this before, or how did you how did you navigate that situation? I had no clue of Brad's situation going into it. No, so um, I, as we're going along, everything was going along really well. We come into that game, and there was we hadn't done anything different. There was no change in the lineup, no nothing, and but something changed in Brad. I could see that something had changed, right? So and I didn't know what it was, so couldn't figure it out. So I had some little bit of conversations involved at the in the pit, and took him aside just for a second and said, "So what's going on?" And we we had a little conversation, right? And and I didn't really, honestly, I've never dealt with a situation like this. So I didn't really know what to say, so I just supported him and gave him gave him the thoughts that you know what you, you can't do more than you can do. You just go out there and throw the ball that you need to throw, and and it sort of clicked him out of it, and away we went. So. That particular year, we were uh, pretty lucky to have Freddie on our team, uh, and sometimes <laughs> to uh, carry us through some some of the situations because he was winning tournament on his own pretty much. So, but he that was a
1: uh, yeah, but he that was, bad was bad a pretty
3: awesome awesome situation. So, you
1: you were you spent most of your time just afraid that you'd have to put your bowling shoes on.
3: Yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> exactly.
1: Is like, this is like every day there was some threat that was like, "Oh, Casey might be going in." Right. Didn't we go
3: through, uh we went through a food poisoning thing that weekend, didn't we? Or is that, uh, the, no, sorry, that was a, that was a mixed team that, in Saskatchewan as well, the year before that I went through the food poisoning thing. So. Yeah,
1: no, I, yeah. that was, that was uh, That's right. Rod and Kelsey's pregnancy, yeah. and then there was right. Matt and Danny stuff going on, and yeah. then, yeah, there was lots of stuff. Yeah. You were taking practice slides in the morning, because you had no clue. <laughs>
3: Well, I had back-to-back years in Saskatchewan that were that way because the year before that we had food poisoning go through the team, so the the mixed team that I was coaching, so we had people that were sick playing, and yeah, I wasn't wasn't really sure that year either. So the
1: the year after we went to nationals, and um, yeah, the food the food poisoning went through, but um, we just bought Depends for the boys and kept going. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, I think kudos to you, obviously, Casey, and it's a sign of your character, how you were able to handle situation so easily um, on the spot. I mean, there, there's a there's a chance it could have been handled wrong by somebody different or by, you know, myself or anybody. But kudos to you for handling that, um, you know, in that situation, that moment, and obviously being able to you know, just focus on yourself and one ball you can. So good job. Thank you. It does about- surprise me, though, because
4: as a coach, he's one of those coaches that when you're – when you are as a player, you're up on the lane, you know he's watching you. He's watching everything that you do, your mannerisms, everything. So when you can go to him and ask him, okay, what am I struggling with? What is going on? He has an answer for you, right? Like he's just amazing.
3: A lot of it you pick up from body language, right? So you can tell tell when somebody's body language has changed. So you know something's happened, right? So. You can feel the energy too because you've been in that situation. You you've bowled enough and you've played in all these things. So you probably know what that bowler is thinking. That did you can notice the body language? Yeah, you're definitely thinking it. And then you can start automatically, you know, figuring out how am I going to be. Very, yeah. very aware, yeah.
4: aware yeah. with that kind of stuff. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. Very
3: good. Good. One of the guys that I, I learned a lot off of coaching actually was the one year that I went to masters with the ladies team but i wasn't coaching and mike violini was coaching right and uh he got picked as the yeah. coach and we i went there with him and he pulled me off to the side and he he, he actually he asked me to be the second coach so so we discussed a lot of stuff in the during the game between games after games we did had a lot of discussions between us and i learned actually learned a lot from him that year as to to some of the stuff you watch for and he's a very knowledgeable man in, mm-hmm. in the game right yeah. so it that's was a, a it was a very good very good combination so another
4: very that's,
0: good coach Yeah that that's a pretty cool situation where you got a coach sharing their knowledge and um transposing it onto another future mm-hmm. coach right that's uh yeah. That doesn't happen too often usually coaches try and keep to themselves so they can get selected a lot more and stuff like that
3: that's pretty neat yeah, It was it was actually really a really neat situation because he, uh, as a player or as a person, yeah. you can sometimes see stuff sitting in the stands more than you can see sit, standing in the pit, right? So, so if somebody was struggling, he might he would come back and ask me, possibly, right? What do you see, right? And it was actually really neat. We worked really well together, and it was, it was a very successful year. They actually went, ended up winning gold that year, so mm-hmm. so it was uh, it was a good combination It worked really well, and I learned a lot that year from him, and I've used that to my advantage at times, asking people that I know in the stands that okay. Well, this guy's struggling. Do you see anything that I'm not seeing? Right. And right. so it, it does work. So, and it doesn't ha- always have to be a coach. It just has to be somebody knowledgeable in the game. Right. So,
4: and I think so. Mike Biolini just knew the uniqueness of you and he knew that you were going to be very valuable in the game of bowling. Yeah. So, hmm. and that was Great. awesome. He just
3: knew yeah. that. And, and are you challenged too. You were able to be picked as a, a coach for that. Yeah, I was picked for a while. to coach uh, two or three times, maybe, and then uh, got the opportunity to go to nationals the one year as well. Yeah. So with the team, so
4: that's right. Kelly said we won eleven straight to win gold yeah. in that
3: masters mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah, we had a countdown going on. So
4: countdown of games.
3: Yeah, huh. awesome. Yeah, I ended up going uh, actually with Laurie. That I think that was before that uh, before I was actually even coaching at. Uh, at the adult level, I we took the I went to nationals, youth nationals with the team. So, and Laurie, uh, Laurie Gamble is the second coach that year. So, and who were the players? Do you remember on that team? Oh Lord, we um, had one of the Tompkin boys out of Grand Prairie, um, Curtis Dennis. Yeah. Um, was it Kayla Amaru? I think might have been on that team. I, I see. Um, Tim's got him. We had uh <laughs> Christine Poza
2: and what sure. was the other girl from Calgary that was the same? Uh Shelby Clarkson. Shelby Clarkson, yeah. And and you had Brandon Bigris. Brandon, yeah. And you and had Brandon that.
3: only got that year. Brandon only got to play
2: at Provincials because somebody got kicked out. That was at St. Albert, correct.
3: Yeah. One of the s- right. southern boys, I think, got kicked out of the tournament before it started. So Brandon was the spare or the automatic sub that was sitting there. So he got put in and ended up making the nationals that year. So
1: right,
3: yeah, I that's build. crazy.
1: I
2: I, lights
3: out. I was on the board, or I was VP of Alberta, and I believe being down there and remembering that prior to the event, and yeah. So we're taking um, – I had a funny story about that one, actually, because we're taking these kids on the plane to go to Winnipeg that year. And we get through the, the little security part right at the beginning where we're getting our tickets and stuff. you got to put your baggage and everything on, right? So we get all the kids. They get all their stuff in. We get to the next – we go, to go through security, and we've ha- got to have ID on you, right? Well, Brandon had thrown his ID in his freaking luggage. So we get into the <laughs> – we get into the uh, security thing and he has no ID on him. So so they were actually pretty pretty helpful. They they let us take him through. We had had information of what we were doing and stuff and they let us let him go through, but I, I've never known anybody to put their all their all their ID in their luggage and send it down the cart. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. It doesn't travel much.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. So,
3: um so that was a good know- year. That was a real good year. A big accomplishment for Cap Off coaching here. Um, always a prestigious thing to be recognized by your peers and, and people in the bowling world. But 2011 12, the Elite Coach of the Year Award. You um, remember receiving that award and getting that? What did that mean, to you, mean for you? Uh, it meant the world to me. Uh, I didn't really know what it all meant, really, right? So, But knowing where it came from and I, I was pretty young in my coaching career at that point, so it was it was pretty special, especially where you're receiving it at that level, at a national level, in front of all the all the players that you have either played against or played with or or coached against at the time. It, it was really special. So, so one of my uh, one of my highlights of my coaching career, no matter what it would be, whether it's bowling, baseball, softball, whatever it might be, it's it was definitely one of my highlights. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So. Um, let's um, let's switch gears a little bit into some of the cash circuit side of things. So congratulations, great career in the Open Masters and coaching, both of you. Um, you know, there's some pretty, pretty solid teams and good good stats there for both of you. Um, but into the you know, cash sort of side of things, um, some of the favourite memories and some of those things. When did you start playing cash games? Did you travel to the KGs or play in the Rose Bowls or... Um, Annette, when did you did you play in a handful of uh, of cash events?
4: When did I start? Was it?
3: Did you bowl the Rose Bowl? No, I didn't start dinner?
4: playing cash tournaments until I met Casey, so that would have been in TPC. C two thousand. Actually, probably Winnipeg. Yeah, 2004 maybe. Is, um, I remember playing in Winnipeg. That was a lot of fun. We used to
3: go to the Winnipeg Open every year. Yeah. So because we had a big supplier in Winnipeg, so yeah, so we supported the Winnipeg Open every year. I think three or four years in a row we went down there. So yeah, it was
4: good times. Yeah, <laughs> good cash tournaments, and then yeah. it and then yeah. it started being. Mike, right? Mike
3: actually, uh, Mike Davini actually threatened to kick us out one time because we were we were already out of the tournament. And we we're all playing cards, and there was uh, Tom Stevenson and Bruce Mortar and us. And, it's my
4: first card hard game that I had to
3: yeah. learn. <laughs> and we were it was like lunchtime, and we were pretty much all gunned already playing cards, and we were too loud for the tournament to go on on the Sunday, so. So he was—he uh, threatened to kick us out of the bowling alley at noon on on Sunday morning. So <laughs> it was actually pretty funny. We had to calm her down. So we were a little bit intense on the card game. So I think uh, Lynn was in that one too. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. big surprise. Yeah. I, I bet Loon and Bruce made up their own card rules and took all everybody's money like well, they normal. every,
4: yeah, round, every yeah. round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Doesn't surprise <laughs> so me. The more
4: drinks, so more changes. Yeah, They're <laughs> scam
2: artists, I tell you.
3: Yeah. They knew. They knew
2: exactly what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't play card games with those guys anymore. <laughs> There's a year in Winnipeg that we found
3: Tom stumbling down the road. Tom yeah, Stevenson. He, walked,
4: he did a walk through the Tim Hort, or the McDonald's drive-through. He walked through and they wouldn't serve him, but he wasn't <laughs> walking very well. He was <laughs> all over the road. It's pretty funny.
3: <laughs> we ordered
4: lunch. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So that would have been the start, and then she probably started into the TBC and then the Autumn Open, obviously. So down in Calgary, yeah. she's been pretty successful playing down there. So, yeah, I've been yeah. lucky enough
0: to play with the net a few times in the the forty cut. Good times playing <laughs> eight eight games with you. Oh,
4: thank you. I think I had more fun <laughs> just trying to get over the nerves. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure Autumn Open is where I met you, Casey. It was like my first ever ca- or autumn open. I think I was just eighteen. We crammed eight of us into a hotel room, and I just i i hadn't, i had no idea who you were. I hadn't met you, and I ended up playing on the same set as you on the very corner fifteen sixteen, and I just remember being absolutely terrified of you, and I have no idea why. I was super intimidated. You had your mustache, and you were super aggressive, and. You were you were you were pretty you were pretty fired up, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" Absolutely intimidated the shit out of me. It was probably the mustache. Uh, Almost guaranteed it was the mustache.
3: Handlebars for sure. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. Had those on for had that mustache since I was sixteen.
1: So (laughs) it was daunting.
3: Took me that long to grow it. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah. Had some
3: pretty good memories of the autumn open though. So one of my best matches, game head to head, was actually right there. So I played Bruce right on the one of the middle lanes there. I, I can't remember what the final score was, but it, it was like a 380 to 360 match. So he ended up beating me, but it was it was a hell of a good match, and that was in the uh, in the 15s. So it was a really good match. So
4: I remember playing Mark Jackson at the TPC in Collingwood, and that was incredible. It was. Uh, do you remember what the was? Yeah, and they
3: were both nine hundreds.
4: It was incredible. Wow. He just he just had a way too though of keeping you in the game, and then the intensity that Mark Jackson had was unbelievable, right? Yeah. I remember bowling with you, DB, in the um, TPC one year, and I'm um, I made the cut that year. And do you remember how intense we got, and how our hands hurt so bad from slapping hands and.
3: Was it um, it was
4: the you it was the you betcha year?
3: Wasn't it an open qualifying
4: though? Oh maybe it was open qualifying. I
3: feel like Did it we was, both
4: make it? it
2: yeah, yeah. What what, what was it
4: I the number? I was I'm it so the, bad with that. Was it thing. the year that
2: she broke the record, Casey? Is was there something special about that? Yeah,
3: I think that might have been. There's under, that the underwear. That is, uh, no, no, so. no, no. I no, think that no, was no. the same year. No,
2: yeah, no, well, no. what? Year. Yeah. Oh, was okay, like, it well,
4: was,
3: All I remember is you. Bet I would have you. known. I would have known, Tim. I would have known. Just saying. Yeah. I would have but what was know. special
2: about that year? I don't know. No, no, wasn't,
3: it
4: wasn't that one? No, that
3: wasn't the <laughs> year she so had her tongue <laughs> on backwards. No Never call
4: Michelle Hoyle anything. No. <laughs>
3: It's been nice I knowing you, Casey. No
4: there's,
3: there's a really good story there for everybody to ask Annette someday later when you see her. Annette, no, it's not. <laughs> ten no. it game record. It was the open qualifying because it would have been a ten game record that you would yeah. have. It yeah. was.
4: Yeah. I
2: don't <clears throat> just, 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 DM Casey. He'll let you guys know, okay? Just DM yeah. Casey. Go <laughs> ahead. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
2: he, he can't log into Facebook though.
1: So. No, yeah. it is. no, I,
3: I can't remember my password. So, <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: but I do remember what happened that night or that weekend. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay moving on <laughs>
0: so yeah. um oh, oh. Obvi- obviously you guys oh yeah um,
4: casey wore a thong one time oh. kelly just put this on here ask casey about wearing a thong that you've challenged
3: oh that was a good one too yeah for Alyssa. no it was actually well it was yeah it was for Alyssa, and britney and jen baker so what movie did we watch going down on the bus?
4: I don't know. I wasn't on the bus. I drove down, but it was yeah, one no, of those movies.
3: A stupid movie on the bus where the guys had to wear thongs, so we went to the bowling alley for practice, and I got a pink thong, and I cut the bottom out of it, and I pulled my pants on and bent over to pick up a pen, and the kids were all standing behind me, so they saw the thong. It was a... It started the weekend off great, but you challenged so. the
4: one up the most. <laughs> it's just like whatever.
3: Anything is a coach to bring together, to right? Yeah.
4: That's how you bring unity.
3: Tim, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cue yeah, up so. right? TPC. How'd they get involved here? Oh,
2: so, sorry, what was that? TPC, yes. Um, we we want obviously uh Casey and I have been huge sponsors of. The TPC for almost ten years now. Um, they've been our title sp- wow, sponsor. Really? Wow, it's been a, a it's time. been a long time. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so we can't thank you guys enough for, for your uh, support and everything else like that. Um, yeah, honestly, we couldn't done our successes really on to you guys. So thank you guys for such a great uh, investment into the into the sport and into us. So thank you guys. So good,
4: yeah. good investment.
2: Yes, for sure.
4: Very good investment.
2: Um, one one of the things uh, we do like to talk about we we always like to talk to our sponsors and to our committee is uh, our event and uh, maybe Annette can bring up uh, is uh, the TPC Invitational we did bring up we started um, but she did come up and create the Ladies Invitational so she is the kind of the yeah she created that so Annette do you want to speak a little bit about that a little bit?
4: Um, the reason why that I I wanted to create this, um, part of the tournament was because I wanted to try to get more women involved in the game. Um, I see that, I see it's a, it's not a bad thing. It's a male dominated game. And I think women are intimidated by the male. And I wanted to be someone to start a lady side of it, where the ladies can compete against each other and see the men play as well, and maybe start integrating that way, um, I think it's important that we can all sort of play the game together. And that was it. I just wanted to see more, mm-hmm. more women.
3: Yeah, I think it's a great idea. You're right. You're, you're, yeah. you know, in, the, in the Invitational, of course, men's or ladies love to play, but this, um, but 95% of them were men that were playing. So this yeah. was a way to, um, you know, inspire and get ladies to play in their own event. And, yeah. Eight yeah. of them, fine, the um, and definitely I think was received very well. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, would have ran in and will run every year that you're possible. So I think that's just a great idea for mm-hmm. ladies to play for high stakes, you know, bowling.
1: Getting, I thought getting-
4: so. That's what I wanted them to do: is just to get them more involved
1: we uh, it's it's awesome it's it's so fun watching everybody play too i mean uh playing in the invitational is a super nerve-wracking thing you have a lot of money up on the line right away but it's it it was so awesome seeing the ladies get involved with that too and just seeing the nerves and everything with it but that's that's what we need we need we need to get people into those situations so that they know what that feels like. Right. And it's, it's so good yeah. for the growth of the game and it's so gro- good for the growth of the person. And uh, it was awesome that that was available to the women that year. I mean, not that the invitational was ever closed to the women. But, no, no, it
4: never was. No, but, uh,
2: but it, it's it was a great
4: intimidating a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. So sure. just wanted to do it on so that they can all get involved and, and we can compete against each other or, Maybe one day it will be better where all the women can start to integrate with the men into the bigger part of it. Or I don't know, but I just would like to see more women in the game because we're just as good as you guys are. You Absolutely. know, yep. it, there's nothing wrong with us. We just, there's no reason for us to be intimidated by you guys, but we are for some reason. So. And the
3: game doesn't really benefit male or female, right? The ability should be there either way. Yeah. So so yeah, that, it's, it just comes thing. down to the ma- male mentality i think is and competitiveness is stronger so now in general you see some women that are have the male mentality yes. you can you they stand out right yeah. so yeah. you can see where they have that competitive part of it Strong right but,
4: mind. yeah but
3: the the ability between male and female in this game really there is no difference that's so right. they should be able to compete ability-wise day in day out so
4: and i think having, diane's
3: done it for years so
4: having more women in the game and watching the men and watching how how you focus how you prepare for the game and all of that stuff is really good for them to see because they can do the same thing you know i can do the same thing too i can i can go up against you guys and and compete against you right so why can't anybody else and that's what i would like them to do so
0: absolutely have that
4: ability to do
0: Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of the thing that started with the WCBT too, when Tracy started giving away um, some memberships and stuff like that to ladies to try and draw more interest into the touring side of it and playing more of the the bigger events and stuff like that. Like we need a lot more of that. And you are seeing the lady side is growing. It just
2: needs a little more encouragement and I hope it keeps growing. So, um, some success from the invitational. Um, I heard feedback was uh, Amanda Davini wouldn't probably would have played, um, and she was nervous playing even the ladies, and she ended up winning and uh, gave her huge confidence. <clears throat> but for Dexter and my side, when we run the youth seminar, um, we get a lot of you great ladies and men that show up and and support it. Um, it was great when we had our youth out there and our youth were looking at and the, and the girls were like, Oh, that's Annette. Oh, that's this person. And Oh, that's that person. And then they can see and emulate. Right. And it was great on our end because a lot of the girls that they got to see it and they can see the local people, but they can see the other ones. Right. And then, so now they get to kind of emulate and have their idols. And you see a lot of males on our, on our tour finals. And that's, that's just how, how it is. Right. But yeah, um, the numbers, right. Right. And wow. it, but just to have those girls there and see these ladies there that they can look up to, it was, it was good on our end, our program and for those people that Tina showed up. Right. So
4: well, it gives them um, something to strive for, right. It gives them a push yeah. to to play more competitive and, and why shouldn't they, they should yeah. be playing more competitive and. I mean, the abilities are all there. They just need to be able to get in there and do it. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
4: Right. Yep.
2: So I, I guess that, that's a good segue. I mean, I, we sort of did talk about it. Uh, ladies on tour, right. I mean, our, our numbers are up, right, Carrie? Um, how, how, I mean, I know Tracy and, and uh, Annette and I know uh, Karen Armstrong jumped on board and um, <clears throat> to try to promote ladies on tour. Um how how do we encourage these ladies? Because they're like Casey mentioned, they're just as good as the men, right? And yeah. um, how do we get these ladies to to feel welcome or feel comfortable playing with us, right? More comfortable, right? Starting,
3: they can't have kids, so as soon as family, <laughs> as soon as kids come into play, that that takes the priority away, right? So although they that's just number one. one, so they can What's that? As, they can be pregnant though. We've we've, we've Interviewed enough ladies that they've played at their best when they're pregnant, but yeah, yeah. It, as soon if, as the kids out, their their focus is elsewhere, right? So, <laughs> it, so
1: if they're not allowed to have kids, we'll never have bowlers.
3: Wow, no, true enough. But, yeah. <laughs> but that is that is part of the problem, right? So you lose yep. a lot of females to family life, right? So <laughs> totally. so you get yeah. like some of the some of the really good YBC bowlers that come out. They never end up making it to the Adult life because they end up in family life, and and that family life, unfortunately for the ladies, seems to be more tied in than the men, right? So we have we have uh, kids, and we still go bowling, but women have kids, and a lot of them don't go bowling anymore or don't do anything else, right? So I think that's that's part of it. So totally. So trying to figure out how to get get the uh, ladies more involved into. Away from uh, maybe breaking away a little bit from the family life and realizing they need a weekend away here and there, right? So
2: balance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: That's hard to do though. So, so hard to break so away from so.
2: so you're saying that men should have to step up a little bit more?
4: Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> no,
3: I'm not. i <laughs> <in> for that. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that.
2: <laughs> That's grandparents
0: support.
3: Can, can we just hi-
0: can we just hire a daycare at the bowling centers or
3: Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: go. yeah which which one wants uh, likes babies? Which one likes babies? We'll, well, Be part of the tour to be part of the tour thing. Yeah. Um who would I'm be not sure
4: how we can get more women involved. I think that it it's just um, having really good role models out there to push them into the game somehow and get them out there and expose them to the tournaments and i, I don't know at the the youth challenge level seeing the competitive bowling like like you guys were saying right coming yeah. and watch
3: yeah bringing the oh. uh, bringing the uh, that part of it i think it's got to start at the youth and getting those people more involved than in, the ladies at, at the youth level more involved right so you, you go, you see the, you watch the cash tournaments and yeah, you got some of the YBC Bales bowling. You don't have very many YBC ladies bowling in the cash tournaments or in any of it, right? So, so trying to get the ladies involved in the younger ladies involved at, at a younger level, I think is, is key to somehow getting, getting them started and getting the taste of it, right? So,
4: yeah. And just having good role models out there. Like there's, i am um, seeing Allison, she said women supporting women. Exactly it. Right. Yeah. We support each other and, and yeah, that's important. Yep.
3: Yeah.
4: All the men support each other.
3: Well, we support the women too. Yeah. Charging. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. W- Women, women beat me just as good as the guys beat me. It's fine. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm one of those guys that is intimidated sometimes playing a woman, whatever, call it what it is, but it's, you know, not wanting to lose or whatever it is but yeah more often than not i probably wouldn't have a, a winning record against ladies in my career so there you go for I've, never, I've never been a coach to do line juggling and matching unless you're on a mixed team and there are situations on a mixed team where i will will play with the lineup just for that reason because i know there are men out there that struggle against women and i will mess up the lineup just for that reason right so the to, to try to match that up head to head so yeah, and it has worked numerous times, right? So, but question well, I don't mix, so mix lineups very much. So,
1: get a yeah, lineup and yeah. just go with it, right? You, you don't got... usually deviate too much from the from the alphabetical order that gets put up. That's right. So, <laughs> that doesn't surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that looks good.
3: Good strategy, Casey. It worked. It, yeah, it, it did. It worked great. You One switch in the middle there, somewhere along the line, and that was all. So, yeah. <laughs> oh
1: my goodness,
3: that's it's <laughs> funny because everybody everybody keeps asking, "What's your lineup? What's your lineup?" It, you know what? It, it a lot of times it, it you have an idea, it never seems to work it is, So <laughs> you go there and you put down a lineup and you say, "There's the names." And and when we went into that one that tournament that weekend, that that was. Similar to what I thought, I looked at the screen and said, oh, I don't have to do any computer work. That one looks pretty good. So we went with it. It worked well. So.
1: <laughs> Too funny, honestly. That'll be something are, I'll never forget.
3: Are you guys looking to bowl again? Um, I know you didn't play last year in the league. Um, we just made the transition. Yeah, oh, we you played didn't? up until Flavik oh. started last yeah. year. So, Right. Yeah. Um, so what bucket list? What's left? Are we, you know, more teams, more open teams, masters teams, singles, coaching? Um, obviously, you know, hopefully it's still a long career left. What's what, what, what's what's on the bucket list for you? Oh, gotta have a drink.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you both left for coming. Um. I don't know. I don't know that there is much left in it for bowling right now for, for us. The the desire has to come back to wanna to compete and 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 the competitiveness in, in my game has to come back. So I gotta be able to compete to play the game. If I can't compete at a high level, I, I don't really wanna play anymore. And that, that's just my competitiveness in, in my game, right? So so if I'm not able to compete at that level, I, I don't wanna come out and just, just to play. So so that that's how I played sports all my life, and once you lose that drive and that eliteness, then it's it's just not there for me anymore. So, so I don't know. I really don't know where i where my bowling is going. I I've missed the people this year. Have I missed the game this year by not playing? Not particularly. So um, some of that has to do with work stuff and everything else that's gone on. There hasn't been time, anyways. But um, yeah, so I, I really don't know. I don't know what the future brings next year. When it comes back around if we're we're gonna come back and try or don't know so
4: yeah would like to but we'll see what 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 the this year brings
3: we might uh might try a db year and just play the uh play the tournaments and see how that goes although i don't know that that really works really well for me but we'll might give that a try so for a year Mm -hmm. and see and i i don't know i really don't know where where it's headed so so yeah. it's unfortunate because i've loved the game for many yeah. years right so and and played it since i was seven years old so there are sometimes three leagues a week and and lots of games in between times so but with the work that we do right now there's not really any time to practice and and improve on your game so if you can't compete it you lose that desire really to come out anymore right so so that that's where i've been for the last couple of years i I still want to make the team to still want to play at that high level, but I, I just don't find myself getting there right, right. now. So, right.
2: so not consistently, that. anyway. So,
3: are you? you? Must be getting close to being a senior for Masters. Uh, no, I still got a few years left. So, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and that's closer than I am.
0: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, so- I feel like I have a little bit
4: of unfinished business with bowling. I think that there, there is a, a time where I do want to come back. There's some people that I would really like to play on a team with again, or, or still play with some late some of the ladies on the team. Um, I just don't know when that's going to be. I do want that to, to come back somewhere for sure. Yeah. And I, and again, I still want to keep up with the, with the thought of getting more women involved in the game and, and being an ambassador for that or being a, a role model for some of the women if needed, whatever. But I would like to to um, encourage a lot more women to play for sure. Mm-hmm.
3: So. I've definitely um, noticed on the men's side that the age is getting quite a bit younger than I am. So so it's and that's becoming a, a big gap, right? Larger gap than what I would like to see. So us old guys, Daryl, are just about out of it now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl's <Darryl's> just starting <laughs> I probably still got 10 years on you I think so but, but definitely though like you said you go in waves right and there's you know, as yeah. Ned says there's nothing left to do and and that's why I'm sort of in a way back and I want to play and compete and I think there's definitely people that have lost interest now have come back or maybe they're in that moment of losing interest and that's totally okay um, you know, everybody's allowed their own thoughts, obviously, but yeah, both of you guys would be awesome to come back, play strong, compete. Um, we know that you both have it in you, Casey. I'd love to play with you again. That was, you know, like I said, one of the fat best years, and that had, we haven't played in a team together. No. Um, so yep. there's lots to do left. I mean, all these guys here, right, uh, would, would say yeah, the same yeah, thing,
4: definitely. Like I said, unfinished business it's just a matter of getting that that drive back again to do it. And if it means taking a year off or a break, whatever it is, then, and come back, you know, then you're more fresh in your mind to play the game because you're ready again. Right. So I think that's just.
2: So what it will be. So Casey, you're telling me on your bucket list, you never want to play with Annette.
3: I play with her every night. (laughs) 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 No. Um, (laughs) I, Mic drop we're done we're done um no it's uh, i i would love to so on a team with Annette and you know what i would love to play on a team with my daughters too right so they're uh, that would make yeah. it pretty special as well but it's uh, the fact of the matter is i i got to be able to compete right so i got i got to get to that level and they can continue to make teams without me and that's just not very much fun on my end of it right so so I gotta find the time and and find the game back in my game, right? And the desire to want to play. So, right, right.
4: That was always something on my bucket list was for us to be teammates for sure. I'd love to be on a mixed team with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, His
4: intensity on the on the lane is incredible. So that would just feed off and it'd be good.
0: So You guys. Right. You guys picked up a, a winter sport here before COVID hit. Um, can you give us a little insight into the super young sport that you guys started playing? <laughs>
4: well, it is super young. If you get up in levels, yeah, definitely.
3: So Annette comes home one night and tells one afternoon, she went for a walk with her female friend out in St. Albert. And she says she comes home and says, so, so we're going to go play pickleball. What the hell's pickleball? So I Google it up and watching this and hey, like there's nationals and there's like, you can go play in Australia, you can go everywhere, right? So, okay, well, will go give it a try. Whatever it looks pretty cool. I've never played a paddle sport in my life. So, so we, or uh, a racket sport or, a racket sport or anything. Yeah. Right. So, so we go to this free trading thing and yeah, uh, we've loved it ever since. And it's actually more of a summer sport than it is a winter sport. So, oh, really? so there it's played outdoors in most cases. So yeah. Uh, winter is really tough to find facilities you can play in. So it's it's played more in the summer, but it's a, uh, it's a pretty big game. It's one of the fastest growing sports in North America right now. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. We've been, uh, actually, we've been down to Phoenix and played. We've been all over Western Canada and played already. So it, it's a lot of fun. So, and it's very similar to bowling for the people wise, the friendliest people you're going to meet and you, you go out and you, like it, it's, it's a competitive game. Everybody wants to win, but it's your, people will help you. If you're, if you're struggling with something, somebody will stop and tell you what, well, here, you got to try this or something. Right. So it's a really friendly game, but a really competitive game. And it's a lot of fun. So everybody seems to think it's an old man sport and like, but we are, uh, as you, it starts as a retirement sport. And that's what it always had been. Right. But as you get up in your levels right now, as we're moving up in the sport, the, uh, the age keeps dropping and now I'm playing, now we're playing against the 25 and 30 year olds again, back, Mm -hmm. back into that. Right. So they've actually started divided into age groups. So um, there's groups 50 and above and, and then they split those groups up and anywhere 30 to 50 is a different group. Right. So is it, there is a difference in ability in this sport as to age. Right. So Mm
2: -hmm. for Um, sure. I I actually had a chance to watch Casey and net play near my place out there. And it was, they're pretty good. Um, now if I do remember when it, I think they got a free sandwich and a pop with their, with their registration. So I, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a little retirement thing with it. So we're <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> <It's, laughs> uh, not as, uh, as drinking as much of a drinking game as bowling is for sure. I don't so, even yeah. think
4: that there is any um, drinking that goes on when you
3: play. not but, legally, no. So no. There, there are guys out there with their coolers and having the odd beer after games and stuff, right? But it's, it's pretty odd. So there, it's not, not quite the same party atmosphere as, as a bowling tournament would be. But but it, it is still a lot of fun. It, it's a really, really good game and actually really, really good exercise. So, And there
4: again, there is a women minority in pickleball. So you see hmm. the men are in the more competitive level. And if you want to be in that competitive level, it's a very small group of women that play, right? So something I would like to make bigger mm-hmm. for women
3: and set up a lot of the same, very similar in some cases to bowling, where you can play singles, you yeah. can play mixed doubles, or you can play uh, men's or women's doubles, right? So so it's you have all four options or three options, and you can play those three options at any point, right? So so or you can play all three of those options in the tournament.
2: So, and, and what's your level it's, it's based out of five right so what is your level out of five
3: right now we're both rated at a 4.0 so you start at three you start at 2.0 and you move your way up so 2.0 would be your starters and you keep moving up
2: in the levels. so so we've both been rated as a 4.0 right now so, so that that's pretty good right and it, and one of our yeah. uh one of our local oh sorry one of our tour members Stu ryan plays right yeah
3: yeah, yeah.
2: and Stu's pretty good, isn't he? As well, He's, he's a, a good five. player. Yeah, he's, he's
3: a four-five four or, or a five. He's yeah. a step up from us. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a good player. We we took him out when he was out here in uh, Saint Albert at the TPC, uh, or at uh, short for the TPC. We took him out to Saint Albert and played that year. I think that was two years ago. And yeah, he's pretty good. He's a good player. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. So fun.
1: That guy's good at everything. He Beat us up pretty bad.
3: So
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: a little mini circuit amongst us bowlers. You have to take us and. <laughs> See, yeah. And invite and the bowlers when we're allowed to. Who wants to Why come? Why
4: Why don't we make it a summer sport? Yeah. Play bowling during the winter, and we'll do pickleball in the summer.
3: Yeah. Let's start with once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Daryl. Dexter, come out and play once. So Dexter's yeah.
4: good. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, yeah, a, it was fun.
3: it's like the yeah. long bowling phase. Yeah. DB. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. DB. There's a there's a court at Sherwood Heights we can go to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's it's super fun. Yeah, yeah you can I, Bruce I would and absolutely
3: let me know some great play. Bruce yeah. And we Greg sure. yeah. yeah, we, <laughs> we got play it. Yeah, we play down a there, so. Yeah, hmm. that's fun. Yeah. Good. Um, well, good stuff there. Let's segue into um, maybe a bit of a sensitive area um, into some, some higher up bowling world. Uh, we'll be careful to not really lengthen this conversation to an hour or two hours. I mean, I'm sure we can go on to it for an hours. Um, however, just recently, we've seen some Facebook posts, we've seen notice um, about from the Bowling Federation of Canada, so I think we owe it to our listeners or, our, you know, commenters for us to chat a little bit about um, what what's happening. Um, we may have strong opinions, we may not, let's see where this goes and sort of know that there's probably some sensitive subjects for both sides here. So, um, yeah. a, little, a little bit of context, Kerry, you want to let us you know, fill
0: us in a bit. Yeah, for sure. So this will be very simple. Um, There is quite a few posts on Facebook. I'm sure most of our listeners have seen some of them, but the gist of it is um, bowl Canada has decided to um, leave the bowling federation of Canada Um, bowling federation of Canada is an umbrella organization that helps um, get sport Canada funding and delivers it down to Bowl Canada and the C5 and the Canadian Ten Pin um, Federation. I think it's called the CTF. Um, So um, Bowl Canada from from the posts we've seen, um, this is all public knowledge, is that Bowl Canada, unfortunately, wasn't getting any funding due to uh, something that Sport Canada had decided a few years ago and then has come back and said that they were wrong and now bowl is now available for that funding again and um apparently from the last meeting bowl was not going to receive any more of the funding so they have left the bowling federation which is a huge hit as um uh, that whole organization was set up to bring everybody together so that is kind of the simplified method for yeah. everybody that's listening
1: um I'm. I'm not going to get too deep into things because, like, we, um, our family is like heavily involved with everything. Obviously, so Tim being E5 president, A5 president, I'm on the Masters board. My dad is on the Bowl Alberta board. He is on the Bowling Federation of Alberta board. Um, so we literally have our hands in everything. So there's only there's very, uh, as a business and as a family, we need to definitely keep. Um, we need to be Switzerland. We need to be very neutral. Um, But um, this is a big impact on our game. um, And I don't know if we really know just to what extent um, that is going to be. I have lots of questions going forward as to what this is going to mean with our, um, what what this is going to mean for our game going forward. But uh, questions like coaching um you know YBC you need you need your you just need your community sport coaching to um to be able to coach the nationals or whatnot but um they they need coaches now when Alberta Masters puts on the coaching clinics um to facilitate those things and and those courses but um all the coaching goes down through C five um, C-5 is the one that corresponds with Sport Canada and all that for the coaching side of everything. It just happens that in Alberta Masters does the clinics, but that's not the case around the country. It's just for ours, I believe. Um, so w- what's going to happen with that? I know Bowl Canada is obviously very upset. Um, we don't know all the sides of things, and I really implore people to – wait until we get all information before you make any sort of judgments, because we truly don't know everything that's gone on. Um, we're hoping for more answers and more transparency coming up soon. Um, but the one thing that I truly hope for, and I know Bull Canada is upset, but I hope I hope that Bull Canada doesn't ask proprietors across the country to make a choice on who to support because ultimately I think that's really bad for the game as a whole. Um, we need, we need everything that we can right now. Um, and we need to support everything that we can right now. Um, all those other organizations also bring money into our centers. Um, and we certainly need those. And, and they're trying to, you know, whether people, I think people's have, people have the right, their heart in the right place and they're trying to do the best thing for the game, but they don't always see eye to eye, but I think ultimately they are trying to do the right thing. So I'd like to support everybody the best we can. And I just hope that we don't get put into a position where we're forced to choose. That's the only thing that I ultimately ask.
3: As a business, you're saying, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah,
3: have that even as a, as a, as a host, you don't want to have to choose either. Right. So you don't want to have to choose whether you're going to bring your youth bowlers through the youth YBC program and, or you're going to support the Canadian adults, right? So, so whether you're a proprietor, or whether you're just whether you're the owner running a business, or you're just a, a bowling proprietor, you, you don't want to have that choice, right? So, absolutely. So, it should all it's all got to work together. or Like the youth or youth bowling is what really drives this sport in the end, right? So we're all getting older. We're not getting any younger. So, without that youth bowling, this is all going to die. So. I think this whole situation is quite interesting. Um, I, I've got way more questions than answers and opinions right now. I, I'm sort of a I ask a ton of questions so I can educate myself before I start forming opinions. I kind of have an idea um, and I've talked to enough. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of questions. You know, I, I, has this been something that's been brewing up at the BFC level for a number of time. Has the Bulk Canada been talking to all their members? Has the C five been talking to all their members and knowing this is coming? Where did this come from and how did this happen? Who decided this? Is this just the vote of the people that the at the the representatives of the of the BFC? Um, the budgets, you know, the the money that Sport Canada gives to BFC. What's those budgets look like over the last 10 years? Right? And how have things changed in the last three to four years? How have things changed in the last two years? In the last one year, um, obviously pandemic. So, what? Why? What? What brought this to the equation or has this been brewing for a long time? And if that's the fact, then something needs to be done about it. I mean, that's that can't happen in our sport. We can't have, you know, leadership organizations not being able to work together i mean it happens people walk out or people leave it, it's, it's and maybe it's gotten to that point but i think it's very unfortunate that it has gotten to that point point. and you know some statements or some people there's more education to be had here about what actually happened and what the underlying premises and, and knowledge is there um yeah. i, I yeah. look forward to it. this is only the last couple of days that, that i've seen it um there's a way bigger picture here um yeah. but 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 something's something's fishy. Something's more. Something's going on. I, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't get. I wanna I wanna know. Um, but this this isn't this isn't right. There's there's. It, it, but yeah. I'm not. saying Bull Canada is justified to believe. I'm saying it's not right that they left either. I, I it's just there, there's a lot more to find out, friends. So
0: yeah, I think um, for the for the for the most part. Um, just kind of the takeaway, because we, we do have very limited knowledge and um, stuff isn't very public. All these organizations that are supposedly leading our sport or leading um, the business side and stuff like that, communication is huge. Uh, like for me, for one, somebody that's been a part of, um, I guess you could say the competitive side or been a part of bowling businesses. I've worked at a bowling alley. I've bowled at all the, all the different levels. All that stuff. I absolutely knew nothing about it. How, how does a situation come to be that all of a sudden your federation, all your associations split and your, your people, your bowlers, your, your clientele have no idea what's going on. And that to me, that's lack of communication. That's lack of talking to um, everybody to try and figure stuff out before this happens but like we said we have limited knowledge um maybe there is a big underlying issue that we're not unaware of or that we're not aware of
2: but Mm um all all i have to say is that obviously it's been a whirlwind for me the last couple days um like obviously i really can't comment on a whole lot like as dexter mentioned but uh um kind i I was kind of taken back from all of it um i wasn't expecting any of it um out, out here um, obviously I'm, I'm with, we work well with our associations out here and, uh, and obviously I hope we can continue a good working relationship on a provincial level, at least and we can make something work forward on it. Um, at the end of the day, I think, I think obviously transparency has to come through. And, uh, I think that, uh, I think there's obviously, hopefully that, that all works out, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're dealing with a pandemic, right? And do we really need to deal with this, right? I mean, and, and this is just a generalized statement, right? I mean, it's, bowling's already dealing with one thing. Now we're dealing with another thing, and and I just, I'm all for the sport, as all of us on the podcast are, right? And in. I hope this doesn't really hurt everything in general. And that's just my generalized statement. Um, Cause I love the sport and we all love, we all have an invested interest in it um, as our listeners are due to. And I think, I think down the road it will be figured out. I hope so. Um, I just, I just hope it gets figured out positively instead of down a, a, a worse pass than it can. Right. So, yeah.
0: yeah, I kind of just want to add on a little bit. So, Um, obviously as podcast crew, we talk to each other a little bit here and there, but this is something I haven't discussed with anybody regarding it, but as an NPO, any NPO, you have to be transparent. And, um, I find it very hard when I was doing a little bit of research today on the topic and looking at all their websites and trying to find minutes on these meetings to find out what, what's happening, why are they having all these issues and stuff like that? You can't find anything. So... Um, the only option is to start emailing all these all these executives and stuff like that. But shouldn't that be the executive's prerogative to let their people know <laughs> what the situation is and how they got to that point? And if it was coming to that point, letting them know why and all this stuff, it's uh, it's hard. And um, like I said, I, I haven't talked to any of these guys, so I, I'm sure we'll have input afterwards. But I hope in the next few days we hear more from uh, everybody else's side because we definitely got the bull, uh, some of Bull Canada's side. Obviously, there's a little bit more to it, but um, that's all the information that's out there right now. So
3: hopefully, people well, in don't, the wanna, end, don't come to a decision too early. But. In the end, all these executives should be working for the bowlers, right? So we're the guys that are the bowlers are the ones that are feeding the sport. So if you're just just like any other political situation, if you're not working for the people that you're that are under you, you, you really shouldn't be part of it. Right. So and making yeah. those decisions without having the feedback from the bowlers that are involved, if that's what's going on, it, it it's just not right. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. every, every bowler has got to have feedback into, into the decisions like that. You're or you would think you would get an option to have a feedback into decisions like that. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. big um, like that, yes, there should be some, some discussions. I mean, as a board you're elected to, the, to be the board member and you have some, you know, powers or limitations to what you can do. I wouldn't think, you know, vacating a, you know, the BFC without conversation should have been had. I I don't know. Again, education is what we're going to do over the next week. We're going to try to, try to learn more about the situation, learn more about both sides. Obviously, we're limited to what we can and can't do. Um, Tim's been very good at not even sharing information with the podcast crew that shouldn't be. He obviously is privy to some information until some of that info comes public. So, um, like Dexter said, Switzerland, Tim's played even more Switzerland than and keeping quiet and, and, and holding. So, um, good job to him on that. And, and we'll continue to update um, people because we are... Sort of the ones that are communicating with people. Um, we don't see yeah. a lot of Facebook posts on any Bull Canada, any C five, any BFC. Um, so, if we yeah. can do our part in educating people and communicating the stuff, then we will. Um, probably with some providing some opinions here and there too, whether you like them or not, you're going to hear them, but that's that's what we're able to do. Yeah.
2: Normally I don't mind being TMZ of bowling, but I I can't, I can't be that way this time. Sorry guys. We'll be
1: barstool sports. Maybe, maybe we'll put out a couple
2: emergency emergency meetings or emergency broadcasts
1: or whatever, (laughs) uh, as more information comes privy. But the one thing that is clear and I hope people understand is that, um, what's happened in the last day is historic. It will forever affect our game. Um, so um, don't take it lightly. There's a lot of stuff coming, but it is a major event in our sport. one of the probably one of the biggest events we've had in our sport in forever.
0: So um, something just a little tidbit. N- not like I'm uh, picking sides or anything, but I did go to the BFC website today. And they had a nice little YouTube link on their thing. So I clicked it to expect maybe to see some instructional videos or maybe something about the Bowling Federation. And there's absolutely nothing there. It's a blank YouTube page. I, I hope the BFC oh is deciding that they are going to put out some videos <laughs> or do something like that. Or if you're not, or if it's something new, maybe don't link your YouTube page till you have something up for it. But yeah, <laughs> just, just something neat. I kind of slid across. I'm like, what the heck? What's going they, on they, they, need
3: to, they need to email 5pin universe for some education on, on <laughs> live streams and videos and stuff. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Send the money to 5pin U. How about that, everybody?
0: <laughs> oh no yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we don't, no we, never mind we, we don't learn any go,
3: of that we're not gonna go too far into this let's learn more yeah. about it um today's yeah. podcast was about casey and annette campbell two yeah. fantastic uh bowlers and coaches and ambassadors and and overall great people um sponsors of the tpc is huge to you see your name there every year um everything you do and everything you've done thank you so much um casey and annette.
2: Yeah. Thank Thank you. Absolutely. I want to.
3: I just want to throw a little thing out to you guys too, man. With WCBT and everything that's been going on. So we. I was talking to Dexter last night a little bit about it, and the growth in the sport has come into the cash tournaments and the WCBT. Right. All the rest of it is falling off. So, so the innovation that you guys have brought into the game has been huge huge. to to bring the game back. Right. And and all these other other little things like Bull Canada and. The C5 and uh, whatever, all have to take take note and take a look and see what's going on because you guys are innovating the game. You're bringing it back, right? And and everything else, Masters C5, everything is all falling off, right? Yeah. So so there there's got to be something that something set for that. So like there, everybody's yeah. got to take a real look at where where this game's going if it's going to survive and and sort of jump on suit and making making some maybe not major changes, but there's got to be some changes to to some of these events to to make them make them last so
0: yeah yeah so they will just,
3: all disappear eventually so
0: yeah we're just here to help facilitate the sport and whatever that takes um obviously we have there's a c5's a ruling body sport can is the proprietors you can't do it without th- those associations yeah you, you yeah. just wish they would work to work together a little bit more but um, well you but guys just keep up
4: the good work okay thanks thanks
0: guys Could you You bet. So um, we're just going to let you guys go. You can sit in the back room if you want or log off, whatever you want to do. And then we're going to do our little draw and uh, we'll close this thing out. Okay. Thank you guys. Thanks
4: for having us on.
1: Thanks guys. Sure. Miss you guys. Miss you
4: all. Miss you
1: lots. See you in a bit. Was I supposed to keep keep a track of the names? Sure. (laughs) <laughs> or here, here, I can I'm randomize kidding. it. I'm kidding, I, I've, been, I've oh. been doing it. I'm just busting Man, your balls. I'm just busting know. your balls. You're
0: wow. too good at
1: this. I got it, I got it. Don't worry, but I, I do have to share my screen, though. Hold on. We'll go here. You got to punch it in, though. There we go. Oh, I wasn't meaning to put both of that up there, but we'll just go like this. There we go, there we go. All right, how many times are we going to randomize this? Nine. Your random number at me. Nine.
2: Nine? No, ma- nine. Make sure Brett Hendrickson's name doesn't you went back to back. It
1: is. It's right up here. Right up here. It says Brett Hendrickson hashtag free annoyed viping guy. <laughs> 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 One. Two. What are we playing for, guys?
0: Uh all star. All star is giving away something again. Don't
1: nice. know what it is. Nice. I lo- I love the mystery. We don't even know.
2: Nope. Seven. You know
1: I mean? Eight. All right. One more to go right now. Oh, Scotty
2: yeah. Oh, and I, yeah. I can't even I can't even see that. That's perfect. I I, I know. Please back away from your camera. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: our winner. Kathy, Kathy. Davidson
2: Kathy Davidson. Hey, Man. she's on a roll. She, Carrie, she's
1: gonna make a killing
2: off our show. K- Carrie, just make sure you send it to her this time. Uh, it's not me sending
0: this this product, so she's guaranteed oh, to get it. You at least had to tell me you bought it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, that, uh, when she signed up for the top tier, that was before uh, we had our own merch store. So that, that was
3: completely on me. <laughs> um, should we give a shout out to our best friends in Manitoba? I mean... They, they support everything they do. Uh, we do, they, you know, pro le- protein league, yeah. drop-in, all that stuff. And now here they are doing their own thing and we want to support them on that. Right. So,
0: yeah, yeah they, they came up with a COVID drop-in thing as well.
1: That that's through the Manitoba masters, masters I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh,
2: well, yeah. There
1: you go. So Something yeah. Good I for, good for know. them and good, good for everybody getting involved and, Getting out there and throwing some meaningful balls—it's um, awesome.
2: So, you, you, you Manitoba Masters, please make sure you guys sign up to a two-dollar Patreon, please. Yeah. So I
0: po- I posted in the in the chat there the link that you can go see their website for their 2020 drop-in event um, and all that good stuff.
2: There you go. Covers Daryl's face. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, next week, Tim. Uh, next week we have Steve Barker. Steve Barker oh. going to come on. So Steve's going to come on. Yeah. And then, uh, in the future, uh, she's going to let me know, uh, Alyssa Rack's committed to coming on. So nice. looking forward to have Alyssa Rack on. So
3: I think Steve's going to be a great conversation. Something that I've noticed him do on Facebook over the years is compiled all the members of his team. Um, and you know, you've played with this guy, seven years, this guy, five years, this guy, six years, right? So pretty extensive list. I'm sure he's got a ton of stories of Ontario, uh, Players and some of those, you know, open years, and obviously Steve is a coach too, right? So started off playing similar to a Casey Campbell. Yeah.
1: yeah. He, Steve was running the blog, right, for a while.
2: No, that was Jeff Young. Jeff oh, Young. Jeff
1: Young. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. But but I, Steve Steve did do did do the blog.
1: I
0: think Steve Steve <laughs> was helped doing interviews and stuff like that for him. He did. Okay. <laughs> he did.
1: Oh, right. That's what that was. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Bet. yeah. So Steve would be. But great. uh,
1: yeah, perfect.
0: Well guys another great podcast um obviously we'll be talking over the next few days hopefully we get some more information on uh yeah like like dexter said one of the biggest things that happened to five pin bowling for quite a while so we need to uh we'll try and get the information out to our audience as best we can for that so
1: Absolutely.
0: all right have a good week guys thanks everybody Later.